Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode of AMAM Ask Me Anything Mondays. In these episodes we answer your questions from the Vedic scriptures as shown to us by Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya. Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale. Swayam Rupaha Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam. Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha. Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam. Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namon Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare so welcome to this episode, I think episode 11 of AMAM and uh, Ask Me Anything Mondays and in these sessions we try to answer your questions uh, from the Shastra, from the Vedic scriptures as revealed to us by Srila Prabhupada. Alright, let's dive into the questions. So the first, okay, the first one is here. Let me put it up on the screen. This is quite a common question which comes. We have answered this a few times, but we will give a brief answer. So the question is this. Saswati Mazumdar. Uh, she actually, I, I, I think it's a lady. It's from, uh, it's a comment on our YouTube video last, I think previous AMAM session that was uploaded on our YouTube channel, ISKM TV channel. And the question is, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. Please accept mine too. I'm following this channel since couple of months and see you follow Srila Prabhupada, but don't call yourselves as his con devotees. 
As far known, Srila Prabhupada named his spiritual family as Iskon and wanted all his followers to be in that together. So basically, his formed spiritual family has a name that you don't use, yet you follow and preach his teachings. Can you please clarify this to me? I'm curious. I'm curious and confused at the same time. So, yeah, this is um, quite a common question that we receive. <clears throat> so, this is the thing. I think we have explained it in great detail in this um, Ritvik webinars, the five um, videos. We have did a series on this entire subject and it's a very elaborate one. And uh, each of those five videos are about three hours long. Some short, some longer than three hours. So altogether about roughly 15 hours of content of video uh, explaining this whole thing in great detail, in like absolutely great detail, the f coming to the finest detail. So the moderator can probably put that uh, link in the comments and also maybe reply to the comment itself on the YouTube um, comment section. Maybe reply to this uh, this comment itself with the link. But in short, I will answer this question. So basically, it is good that you have um, you are willing to follow Srila Prabhupada's instructions and you have attachment for the institution or the society that he has uh, so um, lovingly constructed. This is con. <clears throat> in fact, we very much want to be part of ISKCON. We want, very much want to be ISKCON. Um, as you said, the spiritual family of Prabhupada is known as ISKCON. He named it as ISKCON. Apart from the name, the instructions are also there for ISKCON to follow. So, name is one thing and the instructions is also one thing. In fact, the more important thing is the instruction. So, unfortunately, most unfortunately, after the departure, physical departure of Srila Prabhupada, his, uh, some of his disciples who were very ambitious to become gurus immediately, they um, willfully uh, went against his instructions and they became gurus on their own right without being authorized by Srila Prabhupada. So, there is thorough documentary evidence. Um, where Srila Prabhupada clearly uh, puts it in writing that all the future disciples of this movement are going to be his initiated disciples. Srila Prabhupada's initiated disciples. There is more, I mean, there is so much documentary evidence that is just uh, irrefutable. But, unfortunately, the present day ISKCON is not following this instruction and thus created absolute chaos in the movement. We very much want to be part of that. In fact, we were thrown out of that in about 1997 or 98 our temple president Sundar Gopal Prabhu until 1998 from 1975 okay for those of you who do not know and who are watching this Sundar Gopal Prabhu is the um, senior mentor and pretty much the founder not the founder he is the one who started the Sri Krishna Mandir in Singapore and that eventually became an international you know um, conglomerate of temples so basically, in that sense, he was the founder of this. Um, and he is a senior mentor here in ISKM, International Sri Krishna Mandir. And he is a direct disciple of Srila Prabhupada, initiated by him in 1977. And um, 
he was part of iskon until 1997 he was working with the iskon gurus he was trained under them and you know he everything basically he was iskon in fact all the swamis when they used to come to singapore they used to come to this temple and he trained up so many devotees he gave them to the swamis and then they initiated them but then a lot of politics happened during during those times whenever the disciple becomes initiated that swami will get him to work against the temple president and in this way one one guru's disciples and another guru's disciples they used to be having clashes among themselves and in this way the whole thing and they were all going against the temple president so in this way there are so many things that were going wrong in the movement in fact the dark ages were especially the 80s and the 90s absolute dark ages things went so bad that they went until you know rape homosexuality pedophile pedophile um pedophilia i mean and uh, murders took place in the movement devotees were murdered and all this happened <clears throat> i mean the cheating is still going on but now um so in what happened in 1997 all the letters that the written instructions of shri prabhupad were brought to the fore and <clears throat> those who have um, accepted them very few of them have accepted them and snugopal prabhu is one of them and he stood up and he said no i am going i am going to follow prabhupad's instructions then iskon made a resolution saying that these people have been ostracized from iskon and his name was also there sundagopal prabhu <coughs> so basically iskon ostracized him and a few others for following shri prabhupada's instructions so now now my our question is is that shri prabhupada's family where prabhupada's instructions are willfully disobeyed neglectfully disobeyed that's another thing somebody is not mature enough you know he did not understand or something he can be guided by another senior devotee but if the so called seniors the gbc who were supposed to uphold shri prabhupada's instructions if they go against shri prabhupada is that still shri prabhupada's family that's my question so in fact they're not they are going against the order of shri prabhupada so we can't support that we want to be together yes but how can we be together when it's two polar opposites and <clears throat> also if you see shri prabhupada's example his guru shri bhaktisiddhan saraswati thakur established the gaudiya mat and prabhupada actually cooperated with them and then really wanted them to take this movement to the overseas to america and other countries they were just not interested after the departure of bhaktisiddhan saraswati thakur physical departure they were not interested and he alone went and he started the international society for krishna consciousness so did he leave bhaktisiddhan saraswati thakur's family no real family is in the not in the nomenclature but in the instructions the instructions of the spiritual master are the active principle in one spiritual life and if the name had to be changed then it had to be changed so in his case the name had to be changed and he started international society for krishna consciousness in our case <clears throat> there are two reasons why we are named differently first reason actually the real reason here in singapore is because uh, iskon is banned here hmm. shri prabhupada himself was not allowed to step into this country in 1971 and this was this was the only country where that was the case and um, 
சில பிரபுபாத் குட் நாட் கம் இன் இன்சைட் சிங்கப்பூர் அண்ட் எவர் சின்ஸ் தென் தே ஹவ் ஆல்வேஸ் பீன் ஐ டோன் நோ சம்திங் ஐ டோன் நோ வாட் இஸ் ப்ரிஜிஸ் பட் யூ நோ தே ஹாவ் மேபி மிஸ் அண்டர்ஸ்டூட் அஸ் அண்ட் தட்ஸ் வை வி வ பேண்ட் அண்ட் இன் நைன்டீன் செவன்டி நைன் அண்ட் அப்ளிகேஷன் ஃபார் த society was made by sundogopal prabhu and it was rejected and they called him up and said don't even try this in singapore that was the state of affairs in 1970s and 80s but in the late 80s about 88 89 so sundogopal prabhu what he did because he couldn't establish i mean uh, register a society um he continued preaching he did not stop he was so bold at the, in those times to do something like that it's very very courageous anyway um he did that and what he did is uh, because eventually he had to collect donations and everything so what to do so he you know long story short he took up a defunct society he searched through the you know whole list of societies that exist in singapore and see which one is existing in name but not really functioning no activities are going on then he would he thought of approaching that committee and then asking them if he can take over the society so he can use that society so in that in the course like that he shortlisted to about 3 of them and one of them was shiv mandir actually it's a long name short name is shiv mandir um so prabhu approached him and then he and he happened to be prabhu's father's classmate so he said yeah we are not doing much with this uh, society you you can take so he gladly took over the society and then uh, under the name of shiv mandir this hari krishna was going on and everybody was just confused <laughs> why it is shiv mandir and why where is shiv ji you know they were asking so they wanted to see lord shiva you know shivalingam something like that but uh, they couldn't find you know it was all krishna radha krishna why were why is the name shiv mandir so it was always a big explanation that needed <laughs> at those times i was not there in the picture and um, about 8 years later the government saw his efforts and saw that he was a you know good person there was no black mark in his character or something like that they said okay you know what we'll give you a society you close down this shiv mandir and that's how sri krishna they, but they said you can't have the name iskon or international society of krishna you cannot have that and you cannot have affiliation with iskon and that's how he said okay fine you know no hari krishna also so okay so he said sri krishna mandir that's how the word sri krishna mandir started here and eventually preaching here and of course at the same time that was in 1997 that thing happened and the same year actually maybe one day one year before few months before that he came to know about this ritvik system of initiations that shri prabhupada set up that he would be the spiritual master and all of the he would depute some of the some of his disciples to initiate the new disciples on his behalf means they would conduct the ceremony but on behalf of prabhupada all the disciples will become prabhupada's disciples that's the system he set up uh then he came to know of these things these documents were hidden for 20 good years 1977 shri prabhupada physically departed 1997 is when 1996 is when the documents actually came out and available to the public just imagine how much these so called disciples of prabhupada played with the whole movement and uh they created chaos i mean the gurus fell down gurus became homosexuals fell down gurus married their own disciples female disciples did pedophilia having sex with children gurukul boys 
it was just horrible the movement was horrible mess and um, this is guru so called gurus of iskon and then uh, when these things came out then he joined he he said no i am going to stand for prabhupad and that's when we were ostracized and eventually preaching and i think in 2008 2009 actually 2012 to be very honest that's when the international preaching really started to new zealand to china to philippines and all these countries you know and russia that's when eventually we you know just unofficially termed ourselves as international sri krishna mandir that's it that's how we are known as iskm so this is the basic history behind us and um, to this date we continue to fight that battle within iskon which is the going against the iskon you know i mean iskon i mean shri prabhupada's instructions so that we are fighting we are establishing shri prabhupada's instructions you know in a, we are running a parallel movement here waiting for the time when iskon would change back to shri prabhupada's instructions and we, we would gladly join with iskon more than glad um we are waiting for that but we're not just going to wait as sitting ducks we're going to do our work so we're going to show an alternative because there are so many devotees in iskon so many thousands of them they are disgusted with the politics that is going on inside iskon but they don't have any other place to go they want to be with you know the movement you know the temples their services are there some of them are even financially supported by the temples especially grihasthas <coughs> so they don't want to quit their you know all these things and you know go where because for so many years they did not work in the corporate you know circles and they will be irrelevant right now in the corporate circles so in for this reasons they are still sticking on for many such reasons and sometimes it's just sentiment oh my guru my guru i cannot offend my guru but then when i just when i have to see whether he, the guru so called guru has offended his guru or not so if he has offended his guru then he is not a guru so that takes some time because there is so much emotional investment in that guru you know they are emotionally attached to the guru and it's hard to give up that it's easier for us to preach to uninitiated devotees than initiated ones because once they are initiated they are already brainwashed and to get initiated they have to go through this disciples course iskon disciples course idc and in that they have to learn that ritvik system is uh, apasampradaya it is it is against it is very demonic thing they have to learn that so they are brainwashed basically <clears throat> in iskon and kept in the dark no documentary evidence to show that they are doing what they are doing is right just simply whatever they do they have some very very feeble evidence it's not evidence they just try to justify themselves by showing something but it falls completely apart when we show our uh presentation so that was the presentation that five video series 3 hours long each so about 15 hours of video presentation on this subject i highly recommend you go and um, watch that to completely acquaint yourself with this whole truth <clears throat> right so um that's basically it so now i'll go to the next question and basically i mean um for devotees they have to be every devotee has a stake in this matter because your spiritual life is based on your spiritual master right without spiritual master there is no spiritual life period 
we cannot go to krishna without spiritual master so if you don't get a proper spiritual master that's why prabhupad so many times whenever he use the word spiritual master the phrase he said bonafide bonafide spiritual master bonafide what is this bonafide so he just can't be any spiritual master he has to be qualified he has to be authorized so all these things have to be scrutinizingly studied and then we will know that prabhupad is the only spiritual master <clears throat> uh, you, you go and watch these five videos and then you will have a very good understanding on this all right next question by dinesh choudhury okay put the question on the screen so it's a pretty short question he said what does the word twice born means twice born so twice born means dvija in sanskrit it is the exact word is dvija dvija means twice born born twice i think even the christians have this term born again christians something like baptized you know something like that so twice born means two births so in fact even the birds are called twice born dvija because once the first birth is when the egg is laid and the second birth is when they come out of the egg so that's also called twice born but this twice born in human society is not like that oh they came out of eggs <laughs> these humans you know brahmanas came out of eggs no that's not the meaning <laughs> so brahmanas kshatriyas and vaishyas they are t- supposed to supposed to be twice born dvija and vijasreshtha is the brahmanas the highest of the twice born the best of the twice born and especially vaishnavas so twice born is first birth is by father and mother everybody knows that second birth is by the spiritual master and the scripture shastra so that is the diksha ceremony that is the diksha sanskar or the purificatory process so when the initiation happens then he gets a second birth that's when the person gets a sacred thread Uh, indicating that he is now having a spiritual master he has a father spiritual father so the guru is the spiritual father the normal father is a material father father of this body the uh, guru he takes care he you know takes care of the soul the advancement of the soul he guides the soul to go back to krishna our original father so the person who does that that is called the bonafide spiritual master and one one becomes a disciple of such a guru such a guru then he is called twice born there is a meaning of twice born so he is uh, born with the spiritual master as father and shastra as mother and then he is nut- nurtured in his spiritual life so if one does not have a guru he is actually an orphan just like if one does not have a father he is orphan so one who does not have a bonafide spiritual master he is a spiritual orphan mm. so we should not be orphans in in human life we should have guru because dharmo hi tesham adhiko vishesho dharma is what separates us from animals and to have any understanding any uh, conclusive understanding of dharma we have to have spiritual master without spiritual master if we navigate the the realm of dharma we will be so cheated because there are so many quacks quack gurus out there and no understanding of shastra and it's just asking for complete chaos 
it's a recipe for chaos we cannot navigate these waters of that's why it is said uh, what is that tarain nana matagraha vyaptam siddhanta sagaram graha vyaptam siddhanta sagaram so the crocodiles you know all these to cross over this ocean of philosophy and understand the conclusion which is on the other side of the shore i mean it's metaphorically speaking if the, you know siddhanta sagaram the, the ocean of philosophy and there are so many crocodiles of various philosophers who have different dangerous philosophies if you want to navigate these waters you will easily be captured by one of these cro- crocodiles and then eaten up so there are so many philosophies which are very distracting and which will you know um, ruin our spiritual advancement um, therefore we have to have a um, proper guru coming from the line of chaitanya mahaprabhu one who has the mercy of chaitanya mahaprabhu he can even a boy can navigate these waters easily without any trouble so that is necessary for that you have to have a bona fide spiritual master coming in authorized sampradaya krishna said in the bhagavad gita evam parampara praptam imam rajarshayo viduhu so this knowledge is to be received in the parampara system lineage not family lineage but guru shishya and uh, lineage that means master to disciple master to disciple the knowledge is handed down unadulterated without any uh, fabrications without any amendments just as it is that's why our bhagavad gita is called bhagavad gita as it is so when one is initiated by such a spiritual master he is called twice born next question it's an interesting question here by the way before we go to the next question i have just seen a comment here by bhakta virendra he is asking <laughs> he is saying i am not asking any questions today since i did not receive any link in any of whatsapp groups or on facebook to question really i did i did send on the whatsapp group let me just check Okay. I think you are in this group, right? Virendra. Let me just Yeah, Virendra is here in ISKM Bharat WhatsApp group and if you do not know, here today morning, early in the morning, very early, I have put the WhatsApp message here in the groups. So, if you do not see it, I'm sorry about that. So, what can I do? <clears throat> anyway uh, somagiri prabhu said prabhu ask now whatever you want so he asked i think uh, <laughs> he is upset and he doesn't want to ask it's okay it's all right not my fault because i have sent okay next question by bad boy is <laughs> a good question by a bad boy what is the difference between neglectful chanting that is considered inoffensive 
and inattentive chanting that is offensive it's a very interesting question what is the difference between neglectful chanting that is considered inoffensive and inattentive chanting that is offensive okay for those of you who do not know what is this neglectful chanting that is considered inoffensive you know this okay i'll show you some evidence from bhagavatam um first we will go to uh, bhagavatam 1114 i guess now okay i think we will go here Um, 6 to 14 here you see um sanketyam parihasyam va stobham helanam eva va vaikunthanam grahanam asheshagha haram viduhu one who chants the holy name of the lord is immediately freed from the reactions of unlimited sins even if he chants indirectly to indicate something else jokingly for jokingly for musical entertainment or even neglectfully even if one chants neglectfully he is he is freed from un- reactions to unlimited sins this is accepted by all the learned scholars of the scriptures now um another one ट्वेलो obeisances to lord hari one will be automatically freed from all his sinful reactions hari nama ittuche that means you know when you are when you are falling or slipping or you know uh, feeling pain or sneezing you are not see involuntary one if one involuntarily cries out involuntarily means neglectfully it's not really with concentration so if he chants hari he will be automatically freed from all his sinful reactions you see these kind of verses are there and um now uh, i think another one i will show hmm this is a quotation from narasimha puran you see this damshri damshrahato mlecho harameti punah punah uktvapi mukti mapnoti kim punah shraddhaya grinan so it is said that even a mlecha mlecha means one who is you know uh, outside of vedic culture those who doesn't follow any is a meat eater who doesn't follow vedic rules and regulations who is being killed by the tusk of a boar and who cries in distress again and again haram haram attains liberation so here the mlecha is actually a muslim man 
so in, that means this is in the narasimha puran muslims are mentioned in narasimha puran that means this muslim religion happens every kaliyuga so in some previous kaliyuga it so happened that damshtri damshtrahatom lecho so one boar uh, wild boar he was um, attacking this muslim man and he was because in um, for for muslims the the pig is considered haram you know like you know it's like um, prohibited to touch pig to eat pig so the, because the pig was touching him and killing him as he was dying he was chanting haram 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 but because it was haram that name ram he was chanting by chanting haram so he attained liberation <laughs> so there it is said so he is totally neglectfully right i mean he never meant to chant ram's name come come on so but he got the uh benefit of chanting ram's name by chanting haram so what then to speak of those who chant the holy name with veneration and faith so it is said like that so these examples are there so today's question is again i'll put it neglectfully chanting which is inoffensive see what is the difference between neglectful chanting that is considered inoffensive and inattentive chanting that is offensive now what is this inattentive chanting that is offensive if you if you're not sure okay let me take you to this um cc adi 824 yes there are offenses to be considered while chanting the hare krishna mantra therefore simply by chanting hare krishna one does not become ecstatic um what are the offenses there are so so many offenses hmm? actually this is explained more by this explained more by bhaktivinoda thakur in fact um he said inoffensive uh, sorry inattentive chanting is the mother of all offenses so not concentrating while chanting so that is an offense um so how come this is offensive inattentive chanting but then here here neglectful chanting what is neglectful it is inattentive right so why is that so the holy name is powerful yes when one does not know the glories of the holy name uh, he chants it's like this um better than not chanting is inattentive chanting right but better than um, better than inattentive chanting is attentive chanting so once we have understood the um once we are supposed to be devotees that means we should have respect for krishna and we should try our best to chant attentively chant properly and if having understood all these things if we still fall back to inattentive chanting and that means we have no respect and no you know we are not honoring the holy name we have to chant with respect so those people who without even knowing anything they chant uh, uh them for them it is in fact uh, blessing in fact prabhupada said that even if you know somebody mocks at the devotees hey look at these people funny 
funny you know markings on their foreheads and you know, look at them with the ponytail at their back all these hari krishnas are stupid fellows you know even if they say like that they become purified because they're chanting hari krishna by saying hari krishnas are stupid fellows they are saying hari krishna so they are getting purified but to offend devotees is an offense to to offend uh, you know uh devotees or devotional service or the tilak or anything is an offense right uh, so how does that uh, how can that be corroborated so that's giving them a chance yes they're somehow connecting with krishna but by connecting with krishna they will hopefully become more favorable there is a nice story of uh, not every time you know they immediately become favorable but they will become favorable over time it's just a matter of time once they contact krishna they can never that ca- that connection with krishna can never go in vain even if it is with anger or whatever it is if one somehow contacts krishna his life will become successful uh, but if he continues with offenses yes it it will make it may take some time but then he will come back so there was an incident where um, this particular devotee <laughs> in america you know um, he was not a devotee in the beginning and the devotee is they were uh, chanting and dancing on the streets and this fellow he was uh, drinking beer all the time you know and whenever he saw the devotees he would throw the glass bottle at them you know throw the glass bottle at them you know so in this way every time the devotees pass by he will do that and uh, eventually he was thinking how, how come you know i am doing like this and they are not doing anything to me then they were actually and he eventually he liked the chanting he liked that you know rhythm you know the, the drums and all that you know hey they are so happy after all you know <laughs> so he eventually long story short he became a devotee full time in the temple <laughs> so um, just by you know thinking about the devotees hey here are the hari krishnas throw the bottle at them every time he is saying he is here is the hari krishnas uh, he is becoming purified and so eventually that led to, led him to understand everything properly and of course after having understood if we commit offenses that's different thing right so we should uh, this is the encouragement given to uh, chant properly uh, but if we keep on chanting without uh, any respect you know without any inattention i mean we can chant but you know for millions of lifetimes as it is said here you know we will not get the desired you see bahu janma kare jadi shravana kirtan tabutana pae krishna pade prema dhan if one is infested with the 10 offenses in the chanting of the hare krishna mantra mahamantra despite his endeavor to chant the holy name for many births he will not get the love of godhead that is the ultimate goal of this chanting see so there are 10 offenses to be avoided while chanting hare krishna so if we commit these offenses then we will we will not grow in our spiritual life but especially when one is for example sneezing or just falling and is hare krishna sometimes you know people say oh shit something like this why instead of that say hare krishna uh, why you want to remember stool remember krishna we will be purified we get liberated <laughs> oh krishna ah krishna ah krishna you know so that is different so we have to chant krishna's name whether it is sneezing whether it is greeting whether it is um, you know expressing frustration if we chant krishna's name we will get purified let it let anything be connected with krishna only uh, whatever our expression our exclamation mark should be krishna <laughs> so that way we become purified um, um so that's the thing 
so for one who is not at all you know anywhere in spiritual life for him any kind of chanting is beneficial in fact haridas thakur even said that even in a sentence ha comes here and after the sentence is finished almost at the end some re comes that ha and this re become together hari that also acts or if he has chanted half of the holy name of krishna that also acts hmm like we say hari up hari up you know hari up means you know we are chanting hari name or we say um how much is this computer what is the ram ram what is that ram so you know an american would say ram you know <laughs> for them you know in the goat you know there is a ram you know so uh, so in that also they are chanting ram although they may not chant it exactly the same way but you know ram am i saying that ram they are saying already ram so in this way there are so many in fact in malay language hari means day hari hari means every day mata hari means the eye of the day that means the sun sun is called the eye of the day in our you know yachakshuresha savita sakalagrahanam uh, krishna's eye is the sun mata hari mata means eye in malay language there is there in malaysia so hari means day so eye of the day but if you if you see our context it is the eye of hari ayo yat chakshuresha savita so in this way they you know they chant so many like that you know hari hari always comes in their um, vernacular so in that way uh, they are benefiting definitely but of course offenses are also there so it will take time to fructify but definitely it will act holy name of krishna can never go in vain but once we have understood the importance we should chant with more reverence more you know respect that is the thing all right next uh this is an interesting one okay this is from kumara nisan let me put this question on the screen maranisan from instagram ig hari krishna i have one doubt according to shrimad bhagavatam shri krishna is the supreme personality but when i read devi bhagavatam it says that lalita tripura sundari assumed the first form as gopala sundari which is shri krishna if krishna is god and can't be created why did lalita created krishna as her first form please explain during your q and a thank you following are some references so he has actually shared some snapshots of some devi bhagavatam let me put that also on the screen this is the result of reading scriptures without the guidance of spiritual master that's what happens ah uh, let me just sorry i'm taking a little bit of time here 
okay here is one of them especially towards the end here i will read the the sanskrit ekaivacha para sorry it's quite small i will read it from here ekaivacha para shaktir nirgunah paramah puman sa eve daga स एवेदमग्र आसीदीदी वेद विदो विदु मूल प्रकृति सॉरी मूल प्रतिर सॉरी मूल प्रतिख्यता प्रतिख्यता अप्यव्याकृतपदाधा चिदिन्न चिदिन्नमापन्ना प्रलय सैव ठति सो स्मा के दिस हाइयेस्ट शक्ति द मूल प्रकृति इज दि ओनली वन विदउट अ सैकेंड इट इज दि ओनली वन निर्गुण एंड द हाइयेस्ट पुरुष इट इज कन्सिडर्ड एज सत् फर्स्ट थिंग Okay, before we go for the Bhakta Virendra is uh, apologizing for his comments. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I don't take offense in this. So um, the high, this highest Shakti, the Mula Prakriti, is the only one without a second. It is the only one Nirguna. See, first of all, it is translated by a person who is not an Acharya. Here in the first line, if you see, Ekaivacha Para Shaktir Nirguna Parama Puman. Ekaivacha Para Shaktir. nirguna parama puman so there is one para shakti and there is one puman nirguna parama puman nirguna means he who has no material he was not under the material mode who is above the material mode that means who is above the prakriti that itself means but here it is translated as this highest shakti the mool prakriti is the only one without a second it is the only one nirguna and the highest purusha how can prakriti be, be purusha that's not possible so the translation itself is faulty there so we should not read books from which are not explained by uh, bona fide acharyas okay and another um, another snapshot is also there i will share that also one second next one oh, i don't know if you can see all this but i am going to read from here as far as i can i'll i'll read the english translation okay <clears throat> i won't waste your time in this um okay let me let me read a little of of the sanskrit rupam vibhartya roopa cha bhakta bhaktanugraha hetave gopala sundari roopam prathamam sa sasarjaha अतीव कमनीय चुंदर सुमनोहर नवीन नीरदश्याम किशोर गोपवेशकोटिवण्यम लीलाधाम मनोहर लीलाधाम मनोहर वेरी नाइस वर्स एक्चुअली 
So here they translated as though formless, she assumes forms for the gratification of the desires of her bhaktas. It is not no form. She has form. Otherwise, why we call she? She is a person. We can't call anything as she if it doesn't have a form. It's stupidity. So anyway, because they are not guided by bona fide spiritual master, they write like this. Anyway, though formless, she assumes forms for the gratification of the desires of her bhaktas. Now, if you see Durga, she has so many forms, Bhadrakali and, you know, I forget even the name. So many names are there in, in the, in what is this, Navaratri Dev. They worship her in nine different forms. Hmm. She created first the beautiful form of Gopala Sundari, that is the form of Shri Krishna, very lovely and beautiful, captivating the mind. His body is blue like the fresh rain cloud. He is young and dressed like that of a cowherd boy. Millions of Kandarpas or Cupids, um... Um, appear to be playing in his body. Then further verses they describe, his eyes are, you know, uh, like the midday lotus of the autumn. The beauty of his face throws under shade the millions and millions of full moons. His body is decorated with invaluable ornaments, decked with jewels. Sweet smile reigns ever in his lips. It is adorned more over with his yellow-colored invaluable robe. He is Parama Brahman, his whole body is burning with the Brahma Teja, the fire of Brahman. His body is fiery, he is lovely, sweet to look at, of a peaceful temper, the Lord of Radha, and he is infinite. He is sitting on a jewel throne in the Rasa Mandalam, I mean, the Raslila, that place, and is incessantly looked upon by the smiling, lovely gopis at one and the same time. He is two armed, he has two arms. A garland made of, a garland made of wild flowers is hanging from his neck, he is playing on his flute. His breast is resplendent with the Kaustubha gem that he always wears. His body is anointed with Kumkuma, saffron, Aguru, the fragrant and cooling paste of the Aguru wood, musk and sandalwood paste. The garland of beautiful Champaka and Malati flowers is hanging from his neck. So in this way, um, in fact even one verse before, it is stated here, She is eternal, always with her cosmic body, full of everlasting bliss, without any special form. You see again, they are considering him for her formless. Unrestrained, having no fear, without any disease and decay, unattached, the witness of all, the refuge of all, the higher than the highest. She is with Maya and she is Mula Prakriti. Huh? She is with Maya and she is Mula Prakriti. The objects created by her being known as the Prakrit creation. Who remains as Prakriti and Purusha, inseparable, inseparable from one another as Agni and her burning force from each other as, sorry, the Mahamaya of the nature of everlasting existence, intelligence and bliss. So she is <coughs> described like this in Devi Bhagavatam. So of course part of the translation is completely lost, in fact mistranslated, like especially the other one. Um, even here also I will find so many um, anomalies in the trans translations. But the thing here is, um, and it is said that she created first the beautiful form of Gopala Sundari, the form of Shri Krishna. So, let me take you to one verse from Bhagavad Gita. In the fourth chapter, sixth verse. Here what he says, let me put this on the screen. 
अजोपि सन् अव्ययात्मा भूतानामीश्वरोपि सन् प्रकृतिं स्वाम अधिष्ठाय संभवाम्यात्ममायय Although I am unborn and my transcendental body never deteriorates and although I am lord of all living entities I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental form and atma maya ya by my internal energy you see this by my internal energy so when maya means there is yoga maya there is mahamaya hmm. sometimes here mahamaya is uh, what is that um, named distinguishing her from maya that means mahamaya is yoga maya and maya is the mahamaya that we know so anyway so when he say atma mayaya and he says prakritim in the transcendental form again so <clears throat> he is made of satchid ananda vigraha ananda chinmaya sadujvala vigrahasya ananda chinmaya sadujvara vigrahasya so his body is ananda chinmaya vigraha so this ananda satchit ananda are ca- caused by the samvit sandhini and haladini shakti these three shaktis are the comprising factors of satchit and ananda which are the results so when he says maya or maya created this form first created this form that means krishna by his own in his own by his own internal energy created especially in creation in this material creation the lord came here uh, he is untouched by maya maya cannot he is not a creation of maya hmm? and it is also said that uh, leenam i think where is that was leenam anyway i i will i will go to that in fact he i think also mentioned that um let me see if i can find it yeah so in fact he continues his question and why does it says krishna will dissolve in at the time of pralaya in prakriti isn't krishna the nirguna brahma isn't he the original god so here where is that part where he says yeah in the in the previous one actually so anyway i will i will read it as one cannot count the number of dusts or particles of dust basically so one cannot so one cannot count the creations and dissolutions how many creations and how many dissolutions have happened nobody can count them because just like as many we cannot count the particles of dust this is the great unspeakable wonder again on whose closing of the eyes the pralaya takes place and on whose opening of the eyes the creation takes place out of the will of god that krishna dissolves at the time of pralaya in prakriti so this is how it is stated here but if you see the sanskrit sa krishna pralaye tasyam prakritau leena evahi hmm. so he he becomes merged with the prakriti uh, here it is said he krishna dissolves at the time in prakriti so it is not that he is dissolved actually what happens is the prakriti becomes um, uh, merged in the body of mahavishnu in the latent form and again when he wishes to create again it comes forth so whether you say the material nature you know um, merges with the supreme lord or whether the supreme lord merges with the material nature is the same thing they are merging with each other right so basically the prakriti is resting in the purusha 
see even by definition con- without even considering all these things just by definition prakriti means the energy how can there be energy without the energetic prakriti means shakti means uh, they say adi para shakti shakti how can there be shakti when there is no shaktiman or the possessor of shakti from where where from the shakti came shakti doesn't come just like that uh, if i lift something if 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 i lift suppose this water bottle then that requires some energy to lift and where is it coming from from me the person the possessor of that energy so similarly if there is a, a energy display of energy that means we have to understand that there is a energetic that means a person behind that energy so there cannot be adi parashakti yes is there apara prakriti para prakriti krishna also mentioned that in the bhagavad gita in the 7th chapter 5th verse aparayam tu itastvanyam vidhime prakritim param this para prakriti he also he also talked about uh, talked about it but it is his uh, energy the spiritual nature is his energy the material nature is also in his energy yoga maya is his energy mahamaya is his energy and another thing is that mahamaya can act as yoga maya yoga maya can act as mahamaya his energies are interchangeable just like an expert electrician he can convert electricity into heat or he can convert it into cold like refrigerator it it cools things a heater it heats things up it's the same electricity it is acting differently so electrician uh, a person who knows electrical you know science uh, he knows how to manipulate it and make it as if he has he wants so although like devotee for example he if he become, when he becomes a devotee the same maya now acts as yoga maya so it is interchangeable and here also in this here is this 4.6 he said sambhavami atmamayaya ha atmamayaya i have i do incarnate by my maya atmamayaya and that is internal energy not bahiranga maya so in this way we have to understand and all this can be understood if we hear from the proper sources that's why don't read scriptures without the guidance of the spiritual master committing a grave mistake we have to understand scriptures through the spiritual master i'll give you more evidence why so let me take you to this uh, there is this incident in the madhyalila of chaitanya charitamritam where chaitanya mahaprabhu is instructing sanatan goswami and here an interesting thing happens let's look at this you see this madhyalila chapter 23 verses 117 and 18 maushalu leela ar krishna antardhan keshavatar arjata viruddha vyakhyan mahishi haran aadi sab mayamaya vyakhya shikhayla jayche susiddhanta hoy so what is the meaning illusory stories now let's read this illusory stories opposed to the conclusions of krishna consciousness concerned some of the examples of such illusory stories are the destruction of the yadu dynasty krishna's disappearance the story that krishna and balaram arise from a black hair and white hair of kshirodakshai vishnu and the story about the kidnapping of the queens shri chaitanya mahaprabhu explained to sanatan goswami the proper conclusions of these stories see that 
so there are many kinds of story in fact i mean krishna's disappearance or the destruction of the yadu dynasty these are very bewildering past pastimes only the devotees can understand these things the non devotees because they want to forget krishna krishna makes the leela in such a way that devotees will understand it but the non devotees will misunderstand it and their conviction that krishna is an ordinary person only intensifies when they see this kind of leelas when they when they when they read about these leelas they say oh you see you see i told you krishna is an ordinary person he can also be killed he was killed by hunter because he killed some vali in his previous life as ram and now the karma came back to him so he is bound up by karma in this way so many stories are going on so many versions of each of these stories um now let's see so chaitanya mahaprabhu explained to sanatan goswami the proper conclusions of these stories uh we should hear from so these stories are there we should understand the proper conclusions of these stories from the proper spiritual master and chaitanya mahaprabhu is krishna himself who can explain better than him now let's read the purport here due to envy many asuras describe krishna to be like a black crow or an incarnation of a hare shri chaitanya mahaprabhu told sanatan goswami how to counteract all these asuric explanations of krishna the word kaka means crow and kesha means hair the asuras describe krishna as an incarnation of a crow an incarnation of a shudra a blackish tribe because krishna the word krishna means black dark so they think that he is a you know is a you know dark you know just like african tribes you know you will see uh, he is one of them tribal fellow they some some rascals they, they describe him like that uh, or crow because crow is also black you see an incarnation of a shudra blackish tribe and an incarnation of a hare not knowing that the word kesha means ka isha and that ka means lord brahma and isha means lord thus the word kesha indicates that krishna is the lord of lord brahma some of lord krishna's pastimes are mentioned in the mahabharata as maushala leela these include the uh, stories of the destruction of the yadu dynasty krishna's disappearance his being pierced by a hunter's arrow the story of krishna's being an incarnation of a piece of hair kesha avatar as well as mahishi haran the kidnapping of krishna's queens actually these are not factual but are related for the bewilderment of the asuras who want to prove that krishna is an ordinary human being <clears throat> they are false in the sense that these pastimes are not eternal nor are they transcendental or spiritual there are many people who are by nature averse to the supreme supremacy of the supreme personality of godhead vishnu such people are called asuras they have mistaken ideas about krishna as stated in the bhagavad gita the asuras are given a chance to forget krishna more and more birth after birth thus they make their appearance in a family of asuras and continue this process being kept in bewilderment about krishna asuras in the dress of sanyasis even explain the bhagavad gita and shrimad bhagavatam in different ways according to their own imaginations thus they continue to remain asuras birth after birth As far as the Kesha avatar incarnation of a hare is concerned it is mentioned in the Shrimad Bhagavatam 2.7.26 Let's go there Bhume Bhume Sura Suretara Varutha Vimard Marditaya Kleshav Kleshavyaya Kalaya Sita Krishna Keshah Jatah Karishyati Jananupak Jananupalaksha Margah कर्माणि चात्मोपनिबंधनानि वन द वर्ल्ड इज ओवर बर्डन बाय द फाइटिंग स्ट्रेंथ ऑफ किंग्स हु हैव नो फेथ इन गॉड द लॉर्ड जस्ट टू डिमिनिश द डिस्ट्रेस ऑफ द वर्ल्ड डिसेंड्स विद हिज प्लेनरी पोर्शन 
the lord comes in his original form with beautiful black hair krishna keshaha krishna means black and just to expand his transcendental glories he acts extraordinarily no one can properly estimate how great he is let's go back the vishnu puran also states ujjharatmanah keshav sitakrishnav mahabala balram mahabala so similarly it is stated in the mahabharat adiparva 189 chapter verses 31 and 32 sachapi keshav hariruchakarta ekam shuklam aparam chapi krishnam tau chapi keshav avishatam yadunam kule striyaurohinim devakincha tayoreko balabhadro babhuva yosau shvetastasya devasya keshah krishnodvitiyah keshavah sambhuva keshah yosau varnatah krishna uktah thus in shrimad bhagavatam the vishnu purana and the mahabharata there are references to krishna and balaram being incarnations of a black hair and white hair respectively it is stated in it is stated that lord vishnu snatched two hairs one white and one black from his head these two hairs entered the wombs of rohini and devaki members of the yadu dynasty balram was born from rohini and krishna was born of devaki thus balram appeared from the first hair and krishna appeared from the second hair it was also foretold that all the asuras who are enemies of the demigods would be cut down by lord vishnu by his white and black plenary expansions and that the supreme personality of godhead would appear and perform wonderful activities in this connection one should one should see the laghu bhagavata amrita the chapter called krishna amrita verses 156 through 164 shri larupa goswami has refuted this argument about the hair incarnation and his refutation is supported by shri baladev vidyabhushan's commentaries this matter is further discussed in the krishna sandarbha 29th verse and uh, sorry or 29th chapter i don't know and in the commentary known as sarva samvadini by shri jiva goswami which is the commentary on the shat sandarbha but the details of it prabhupada did not give here we have to do some research to find this out but anyway you see this so even if it is vishnu's hair black and white so what om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate the the whatever comes out from even a hair of vishnu is as potent as krishna om purnamada purnamidam is complete the hair of krishna is also krishna this is the absoluteness of of god so what is uh, so bewildering about him being a hair incarnation even if it is so it has to be understood properly another another um, similar pastime is the pastime of sita being kidnapped by ravana how can the goddess of lakshmi i mean goddess lakshmi goddess of uh, fortune be kidnapped who is the consort of lord rama or narayan how can she be kidnapped by an asura so there is a devotee who is very sad to know about this and he was always you know lost to himself very sad how can you know he was in the mood of hanuman you know he was thinking how how come sita you know was kidnapped by an asura how can an asura touch the pure mother sita how did this happen how did this happen how did this happen whole life he was just worried like that during chaitanya mahaprabhu's time in the ecstasy of hanuman then chaitanya mahaprabhu showed him two verses that verses are also there i think uh, maybe i showed this in one other class few months ago mm-hmm. there was two verses from uh, agni puran or vayu puran it is stated 
that um, Sita, as I show you, Maya Sita. To say nothing, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu continued, Sita Devi, the dearmost wife of Lord Supreme Lord Ramachandra, certainly has a spiritual form full of bliss. No one can see her with material eyes. No one can see her with material eyes. For no materialist has such power. Next, he says, To say nothing of touching Mother Sita, a person with material senses cannot even see her. When Ravana kidnapped her, he kidnapped only her material illusory form. As soon as Ravana arrived before Sita, she disappeared. Then just to cheat Ravana, she sent an illusory material form. Uh, spiritual substance is never within the jurisdiction of material conception. This is the, always the verdict of the Vedas and Puranas. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then assured the Brahmana, have faith in my words and do not burden your mind any longer with this misconception. He said like that. Then he went. And then after he went, then he, see this is again, uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then went to Setubandha Rameshwar where he took ba- his bath at the place called Dhanustirtha. From there he visited the Rameshwar temple and then took rest. There among the Brahmanas, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu listened to the Kurma Puran. Ah, this is the Kurma Puran. Wherein it is mentioned the chaste woman's narration. And purport you see Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur remarks that only two khandas of the Kurma Puran are now available. Namely the Purva Khanda and the Uttara Khanda. Sometimes it is said that the Kurma Puran contains 6,000 verses, but according to Srimad Bhagavatam, the original Kurma Puran contains 17,000 verses. It is considered the 15th of the 18th Mahapuranas. Srimati Sita Devi is the mother of the three worlds and the wife of Lord Ramachandra. Among chaste women, she is supreme and she is the daughter of King Janaka. When Ravana came to kidnap Mother Sita and, and she saw him, she took shelter of the fire god Agni. This is how it happened. She took shelter of the fire god Agni. The fire god covered the body of Mother Sita and in this way she was protected by from the hands of Ravana. Upon hearing from the Kurma Puran how Ravana had kidnapped a false form of Mother Sita, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became very satisfied. The fire god Agni took away the real Sita and brought her to the place of Parvati, goddess Durga. An illusory form of Mother Sita was then delivered to Ravana and in this way Ravana was cheated. After Ravana was killed by Lord Ramachandra, Sita Devi was brought before the fire and tested. So she went through the fire test. What actually happened there? When the illusory Sita was brought before the fire by Lord Ramachandra, the fire god made the illusory form disappear and delivered the real Sita to Lord Ramachandra. So then the verses, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard the story, he was very pleased and he remembered the words of Ramdas Vipra. This Ramdas Vipra, he was the one who was lamenting like this. Then, indeed, so when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard these conclusive statements from the Kurma Puran, he felt great happiness. After asking the Brahmana's permission, he took possession of the manuscript, uh, manuscript leaves of the Kurma Puran. Since the Kurma Puran was very old, the manuscript was also very old. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took possession of the original verses in order to have direct evidence. The text was copied onto new leaves in order that the Puran be replaced. Hmm? Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned to southern Mathura, Madurai and delivered the original manuscript of the Kurma Puran to Ramdas Vipra. And these are the two verses. Sita yaradhito vahnish chaya sitam ajijanat tam jaharat dashagrivah sita vahnipuram gata parikshasamaye vahnim chaya sita viveshasa vahnih sitam samaniya tatpurastadaninayat. 
when he was petitioned by mother sita the fire god agni brought forth an illusory form of sita and ravana who had 10 heads kidnapped the false sita the original sita then went to the abode of the fire god when lord ramchandra tested the body of sita it was the false illusory sita that entered the fire at that time the fire god brought the original sita from his abode and delivered her to lord ramchandra these two verses are taken from the kurma puran so unless we get information like this from the proper acharyas we will be completely misled right i'll show you something very nice here Oh. Let me go back to that. 23 117. See all devotees must know this kind of arguments properly and how to refute them. You see, this we have read, right? Illusory stories. Okay, next. Sanatan Goswami, after hearing this explanation from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said Sanatan Goswami then humbly accepted his position as lower than a piece of straw and symbolically holding some straw in his mouth he fell down clasped the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and submitted the following petition what did he say Sanatan Goswami said my dear lord i am a very low born person indeed i am a servant of servant to low born people therefore i am very very downtrodden niche jati niche sevi muhi supamara siddhanta sikhaila jai brahmara agochar Nonetheless, you have taught me conclusions unknown even to Lord Brahma. Sanatana Goswami said, "You have taught me conclusions unknown even to Lord Brahma." That means even Brahma is bewildered by the explanations. So this Devi Bhagavatam and all these explanations, we have to hear from proper acharyas. Even great demigods are bewildered about these explanations. What to speak of ordinary people? Now let me show you another verse from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What is that? Um, yeah, I think in the twentieth chapter, text one hundred and forty-five. This is a verse from Padma Puran. What is this? Vyamo haya chara charasya jagatas te te purana gamas. ताम तामे वही देवताम परमिकाम जलपंतु कल्पावधी सिद्धांते पुनरेका एव भगवान विष्णु समस्तागमा व्यापारेशु विवेचन व्यतिकरम नीतेशु निश्चियते There are many types of Vedic literatures and supplementary Puranas. In each of them, there are particular demigods who are spoken of as the chief demigods. This is just to create an illusion for moving and non-moving living entities. Let them perpetually engage in such imaginations. However, when one analytically studies all these Vedic literatures collectively, he comes to the conclusion that Lord Vishnu is the one and only supreme personality of Godhead. If you read a particular book here and there, book here and there, uh, that particular like you know Skanda Puran. Of course, it is also Vaishnava scripture. Skanda is you know glorified. In different Puranas like that, different demigods are worshipped, uh, glorified. But if you read them all collectively together, you'll find that only Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. So this is the statement from Padma Puran. 
so we have to understand all these conclusions from proper acharyas and these people are all you know what kind of translations are those that they are also they are already saying she the adi parashakti she is already a formless entity they don't they deny her form also and um shri prabhupad said very nicely that the conclusions that you is sanatan goswami is continuing the conclusions that you have told me are the ocean of the ambrosia of truth my mind is unable to approach even a drop of the ocean you know so anyway there are um, there is one more explanation which i was reading uh, i think let me see i think it's here and anyway first go to let's go to brahma samhita let's clear that up so this para, this shakti this, this maya is very powerful yes we also accept she is in charge of creation maintenance and destruction everything srishti sthiti pralaya sadhana shakti reka chaye vayasya bhuvanani bibharti durga ichchanurupam api yasya cha cheshtate sa govindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami the external potency maya who is of the nature of the shadow of the chit potency which is the yoga maya is worshiped by all people as durga the creating preserving and destroying agency of this mundane world i adore the primeval lord govinda in accordance with whose will durga conducts herself maya dhyakshena prakriti suyate sacharacharam krishna is saying in the bhagavad gita also 9 chapter 10th verse मयाध्यक्षेण प्रकृति सूयते सचराचरम हेतुनानेन कौंतेय जगद् विपरिवर्तते दिस मटेरियल नेचर व्हिच इज वन ऑफ माय एनर्जीज इज वर्किंग अंडर माय डायरेक्शन ओसन ऑफ कुंती प्रोड्यूसिंग ऑल मूविंग एंड नॉन मूविंग बीइंग्स अंडर इट्स रूल दिस मैनिफेस्टेशन इज क्रिएटेड एंड एनाहिलेटेड अगेन एंड अगेन व्हिच इज वन ऑफ माय एनर्जीज मयाध्यक्षेण अंडर माय डायरेक्शन शी इज वर्किंग छाये वयस्य भुवनानि विभर्ति शी इज अ मेड सर्वेंट ऑफ कृष्णा so you see mm we have to understand in this way how to reconcile all these things how to understand properly so i suggest you don't go and read all these scriptures this is in fact i will show you another verse why you should not read so many scriptures everything is you know <laughs> backed up by shloka see 22 you should hear only from spiritual master shri prabhupada you see his second line you see here bahu grantha kalabhyasa vyakhyana varjiva varjiva means we should give up what is that bahu grantha of many different types of scriptures kalabhyasa studying a portion like incomplete studies not perfect studies hmm, of many scriptures and vyakhyana and explanation we should give up So the twelfth item is to give up the company of non-devotees. Thirteen, one should accept an unlimited number of disciples. Fourteen, this fourteen is the one we are talking about. One should not partially study many scriptures just to be able to give references and expand explanations. We don't need to study many many scriptures. Bahu Grantha Kalabhyasa Vyakhyana Varjibo. And here, uh, here Shri Prabhupada explains. One should not partially study a book just to pose oneself as a great scholar by being able to refer to scriptures. in our krishna consciousness movement we have therefore limited our study of the vedic literatures to the bhagavad gita shrimad bhagavatam chaitanya charitamrita and bhakti rasamrita sindhu 
these four works are sufficient for preaching purposes they are adequate for the understanding of the philosophy and the spreading of the missionary activities all over the world if one studies a particular book he must do so thoroughly that is the principle by thoroughly studying a limited number of books one can understand the philosophy so we have to hear from shri prabhupada and study these books you see we are reading chaitanya charitam now whatever i showed you from chaitanya charitamrita there are references to padma puran and here and there kurma puran all these references are there the mahabharat the keshavatar all these you know controversial stories and everything but we are learning it from the shastras through the mercy of chaitanya mahaprabhu through shri prabhupada through the six goswamis through krishnadas kaviraj goswami we are learning so this study of chaitanya charitamrita and all already includes the study of all the other scriptures the essence is taken here and then presented to us we just need to study these properly you see if you studied these things properly you would not have this question but it's good that you brought up this question because now we can clear it up once and for all um but you see the importance of reading from shri prabhupada's books don't go and read many many things like that it will be very damaging to your spiritual life avaishnava mukhodgirnam putam harikathamritam shravanam naiva kartavyam sarpochishtam yathapayah you know that verse right many people i think many devotees here on this live stream they already know this avaishnavam avaishnava mukhodgirnam Hmm. Sanatan Goswami has written in the Hari Bhakti Vilas Avaishnava Mukhodgirinam Putam Harikathamritam Shravanam Naiva Kartavyam Sarpochishtam Mitapaya One should not hear anything about Krishna from a non-Vaishnava Milk touched by the lips of a serpent has poisonous effects Similarly, talks about Krishna given by a non-Vaishnava are also poisonous So, this is the answer for this uh, question It's a good question But uh, please stay away from these things because it will damage your spiritual life unnecessary it will create doubts in your mind if you if you have this padma puran quotation that i just showed from chaitanya mahaprabhu that if you collectively study all the scriptures together you will understand that krishna is the supreme so this thing chaitanya mahaprabhu has showed us so even though whoever may bring whatever they want even bhagavad gita also krishna says what even though one may pray to other demigods ultimately uh, they uh, are obtained from me only all the benedictions and he also there is reference to atma maya how he becomes srijami srijamyaham srijami means created but actually i should go back to that verse because there is a very nice explanation in the purport see um srijami tadatmanam srijami srijami means manifest actually srijami means create so i was created in that can also be translated that way right by you know by maya by atma maya ya or prakritim he can he is created you see so um in the purport shri prabhupada mentions the word srijami is significant here srijami cannot be used in the sense of creation because according to the previous verse there is no creation of the lord's body form or body ajopisan aja he is known as ajopisan avya aja means unborn avyayatma he his body never deteriorates so how can he undergo this birth and death no so he is not he is not created uh, because uh, there is no creation of the lord's form or body since all the forms are eternally existent 
therefore sri chami means that the lord manifests himself as he is although the lord appears on schedule namely at the end of the dwaparika of the 28th millennium of the 7th manu in one day of brahma he has no obligations to adhere to such rules and regulations because he is completely free to act in many ways at his will like a prime minister if he says to you suppose what if whatever reason if he tells you i'm going to come to your you know office or your home at about at say 8 8 pm if he says like that now when he comes at 8 pm you will see that oh he has he is following you know uh, schedule i mean he is he is governed by the schedule he is not governed by the schedule he is the one who made the appointment he is the one who called the shots i am going to come at this time therefore he came not that he was forced to come at that time no so krishna also when he comes he is the one who makes the appointment and then he informs us that he is going to come at this time every manu i mean every day of brahma once in the 7th manu 28th cycle dwaparuga end of dwaparuga i will come he he made that rule and he is sticking to that rule not that he is forced by that rule every this this time he must come he is forced to come no uh, therefore he is coming on schedule it's not that he has to adhere to such rule but he made the rule and he is informing you that i made this rule I, for your uh, for your deliverance i am coming krishna is saying like that hmm. so in this way we have to understand that's why in the 9th chapter what did he say 911 avajananti maam mudha manushim tanumashritam param bhavam ajananto mam bhutamaheshwaram fools deride me when i descend in the human form they do not know my transcendental nature as a supreme lord of all that be even krishna's disappearance jiva goswami explains that he the body that was there like so called dead body that was there krishna's dead body hey how can krishna have dead body that means he is different from his body his soul is you know different body is dead now you see krishna's body and soul is not different you said you know, here is there his body so what did he leave behind here he left his virat roopa that is explanation given by the acharyas jiva goswami they are not manipulating anything this is actual truth so krishna left his virat roopa for the atheist to believe that he died like an ordinary man shot by a hunter hmm. so in this way there are all these controversial stories are neither eternal they are not they don't have any spiritual significance but they are just meant to bewilder the atheists even the sita apaharan leela the kidnapping of mother sita is a is a is a bewildering pastime so these things have to be understood this is rahasyam that's why sanatan goswami said chaitanya mahaprabhu oh you have disclosed to me secrets that are unknown even to lord brahma hmm so these are bewildering things we have to learn from proper source evam parampara praptam without parampara we will be lost our faith will get shattered we'll have we'll start having doubts as the beginning of fall down to have doubts um you see i mean doubt means to have doubts i mean to to clarify something that is another thing but to to doubt krishna hey is is krishna really true or his bhagavatam is really true or i think maybe it's not you know ha ah, that kind of doubt i'm telling not the doubt that uh, how how this is to be understood to increase our spiritual understanding uh, that submissive inquiry from the spiritual master that is different to enhance our understanding of krishna that is different but to doubt krishna to doubt the revealed scriptures that is offensive and that means it's a sign of fall down we, we will fall down like that agnyas chashraddha dhanascha 
संशयात्मा विनश्यति नायम लोकोस्ति नापरो नसुखम संशयात्मनः बट इग्नोरेंट एंड फेथलेस पर्सन हु डाउट द रिवील्ड स्क्रिप्चर्स डू नॉट अटेन गॉड कॉन्शियसनेस दे फॉल डाउन फॉर द डाउटिंग सोल देर इज हैप्पीनेस नाइदर इन दिस वर्ल्ड नॉर इन द नेक्स्ट so we have to have complete faith in the scriptures as given by the bona fide acharyas let's show you another verse this may be long answer but very important answer because you we we have to know how to counter these arguments and as devotees we should have the strength in our own conviction hmm. so in fact um i'll show you first this siddhanta boliya nakuralas ियलीटेड But otherwise, we should not chase it and you know try to understand all the scriptures and try to find the Vaishnava explanation for it and try to you know give the Vaishnava explanation. Don't don't you know try to be a big acharya because that will ruin our own spiritual life. So we better stick to our domain and follow the uh, or they say or they say stick to your lane while driving. You know there are lanes. So stick to your lane. In India, there nobody sticks to any lane. There is no lane in India. The the whole road is just one black patch, sometimes with potholes and brown patches and all this. but <laughs> there are no lanes and even if there are lanes nobody follows some people will be driving straight on the line they don't drive on the lane they don't they drive on the line <laughs> the line which is dividing the lanes and some people just go here go there and whatever they want they can do so after learning driving here in singapore when i go to india it's chaos you know it's how people are even that's why when it <laughs> there was one person who came to india he was an atheist he came to india he became a theist he started believing in god why he said if if there is no god there is no way these indians will survive this traffic there is no way there is a chaos and if you know one one vehicle is coming here one vehicle everything everything is just going like you know like how is this even possible that everybody is going their way and nobody is clashing into one another only god can do this okay he started believing in god <laughs> you see how india is so pious place that he started believing in god just by seeing the chaos chaotic condition of indian traffic so you see so <laughs> so but we have to stick to our lane we can't do that with spiritual life uh, is not india spiritual life is not like indian traffic you will get you if you don't stick to your lane not within the domains of the instructions of spiritual master then we are asking for trouble and uh, this verse is there no what is that तर्को तर्को महाजनो ये महाप्रभु कंटिन्यूड ड्राई आर्ग्युमेंट्स आर इनकलूसिव अ ग्रेट पर्सनालिटी हूज ओपीनियन डज नॉट डिफर फ्रॉम अदर्स is not considered a great sage so if you go to any sage or any philosopher 
if his philosophy doesn't differ from another philosopher he is not an original he is a copycat or oh, is to so to have the reputation of being a original philosopher he has to have his own twist to the philosophy so in that way every philosopher will have his own twist um so which one is right now so by going to different philosophers you will not get the conclusion of religion or um by arguments and debates we cannot come to the right path then next simply by studying the vedas which are variegated one cannot come to the right path by which religious principles are understood even by studying the vedas different parts of the vedas we cannot understand then how what, what to do now the solid truth of religious principles is hidden in the heart of an unadulterated self realized person consequently as the shastras confirm one should accept whatever progressive path the mahajans advocate so we have to follow the mahajans the acharyas the mahatmas who have surrendered to krishna who is a mahajan or mahatma who has surrendered to krishna that is definition is there in bhagavad gita 9.13 7.19 two places so samahatma who is that bahunam janmanamante gyanavan mam prapadyate who surrenders to krishna he is the and bhajanti ananya manaso he is always serving krishna that is that person is mahajan mahatma we have to learn from them how to about about the real truth of religious principles if we stray away we are going into uncharted waters uncharted waters means we don't know our location is unknown like you know sometimes gps says gps signal is lost you know when you are under a tunnel you know something like that or when you are in a far remote con- uh, location so that's what happens we are in uncharted waters so it's dangerous don't do that <sighs> that was a long one <laughs> but i had to do it okay next puja bhaktin puja first question wait a minute Hmm. Okay, first question by Bhaktin Pooja. One second, give me a second. Okay. Hare Krishna accept my humble obeisances to you all Gaurishil Prabhupada my question is related to chanting i have a lot of old patients one mataji is 75 years old and she have some health issues several bowel movements and diarrhea due to cholecystectomy she was asking if during the chain chanting i presume during the chanting if she feel nature's call so should she start chanting again after the fecal excretion or should she stop she was asking i want to know i have a lot of old uncle aunties patients for for their help i want to know so you ask them to chant with the mechanical clicker instead of japamala so the rule for japamala is that when we are chanting hare krishna hare krishna if you are in the middle of a round and we have not finished it if for some reason we have to stop the chanting and do some service or whatever reason for emergency whatever when we have left the beads 
once we leave the beats we cannot start back at the same point where we left off you have to start it from the beginning that is how the mala has to be used so if she has to go to the bathroom so if one goes to the toilet actually by right one must take a shower and everything but if there is a you know medical condition like that then um, she better not even use chanting beads because not good to touch chanting beads like that but what to do sometimes it is not possible to take shower but um she cannot keep on starting the round and then you know how to finish 16 rounds like that so she can use the mechanical clicker for that so in emergency situations you can use something like some something else to count you know something of that sort came okay. ask them to use that next question bhai bhaktin puja again krishna spoke geeta 5400 years ago um so we can say civilization was there in pristine time also they were more knowledgeful and powerful than us but professors say big bang theory and many laws is big bang theory fake well i already answered this question i think few, few weeks ago i already said it's fake i explain nothing in detail i don't want to repeat myself on this point because i have already re- said this yes big bang theory is fake i think uh, you can refer to that old video i think you were there also you appreciated that that explanation as well i, I remember so <clears throat> yeah is is that theory is fake dinosaurs came on earth before vedic civilization or after civilization well dinosaurs never really came so these are all you know fabricated evidences um from our shastras we don't find dinosaurs we find that the greatest and the most intelligent person was there in the beginning lord brahma and he created the prajapatis and then there are so many species dinosaurs may be there they may be just lizards uh, like bigger lizards everything was bigger in those times in satyayuga everything was bigger the size of humans the size of lizards the size of mountains the size of trees everything was big in those days satyayuga kaliyuga everything is dwarfed and in fact it is said that by the end of kaliyuga the cows will become as short as the goats that's all the cows will be that height by the end of kaliyuga so everything will shorten up in kaliyuga so what used to be lizards in those days maybe now considered dinosaurs but it's not something um, that is especially you know uh, stated in the vedas so without that such vedic evidence in fact there is a book by one of our devotees prabhupada's disciples known as sadaputa das sadaputa prabhu he is who has now passed away he wrote a book called forbidden archaeology and there he showed uh, classic evidences where beside these so called dinosaur footprints and all these things there have been footprints of man also big footprints of man but those were never brought out by science they covered up that evidence they only showed one side of the evidence not the other side that means man was also living in those times but because it did not fit their explanation of evolution of man that theory 
So they, uh, never mind, just don't show this. Just go on with our, you know, whatever evidence we have. So in this way, there is a lot of, you know, we, we can't trust these so-called scientists. We have to trust what is there in the Shastras. Right? What is the theory of origin of life according to scriptures? When life comes from life, uh, so from Krishna, he impregnated this sa aikshata sa asrichata. So he, in the Vedas, this is the word that is used, sa aikshata sa asrichata. He has witnessed or he has glanced upon material creation and impregnated her with living entities. And that's how so many living entities have come about. And that, it's not that he created them, but um, the souls were merged in his body in the previous dissolution. And when the new creation starts, then they were brought forth again to continue from where they left off. So this is the thing. In the most strict sense of the term, life had no origin. There is no origin of life. Life was always there. We have no origin. We, have, we were never born and we will never die. That is the meaning of eternal. So, there is no origin for us. Um, of course, we are parts and parcels of Krishna, but we are eternally existing. Not that at some point in time we became parts and parcels. No. We always were parts and parcels. And there is no beginning in time when this started to happen. No. It's difficult for us to imagine. How can something exist without being started? Right? It's difficult to understand that in our mindset. That's because we are so used to this material conditioning thought that everything here has to start, has to grow, has to change, has to dwindle and finally has to die. We are so used to this. For millions and millions of lives we repeated the same process and we are, it is so ingrained in our subconsciousness that we cannot imagine anything that is that does not have a beginning but which exists. Krishna is like that, we are also like that. There is no origin of life. Life is always ever existing. The body has an origin, the body has an uh, expiry date. Life itself does not have that. Okay. Of course, this answer can be more elaborated, but I think we have pretty much um, mentioned this many times. So, I don't want to go too deep into this. Bhaktivedanta is saying Michael Cremo. Yeah, Michael Cremo is the one. Sadaputadas and another also. There is another devotee. These two have, you know, written this um, this forbidden archaeology book. <clears throat> so Pooja is asking. So is this medical science fake? I don't say fake. They know some things. They know some things. That's why there is some heart transplant. All these things are somewhat working. But not as perfectly as Ayurveda would work. If, if the Ayurveda is by a proper person, proper doctor, Ayurveda doctor, who is actually expert. An Ayurveda expert, doctor, he can even bring dead meat to life. It is said. There is this herb, which when you know made into a paste, it can wound, it can heal wounds I mean, if the body is completely cut open, if this uh, this herb is, you know, 
uh, I mean the leaf is crushed and you know mixed with water and made into a paste and you know if you apply it within minutes the body will completely come back to normal so when during war time they used to do this so all these herbs i mean which and which combination of herbs to do this that knowledge is lost that sanjeevani when lakshman you know wanted that is also a herb from the himalayas it is found there but now where so we have lost that knowledge it is there it is just that we are disconnected from that knowledge and there are so many quack as doctors you know who are basically cheaters and who don't know or they're not cheaters they don't know many things about astro i mean ayurveda same with astrology actually so they don't know all those deep things but if you really know ayurveda was the perfect science, um, medical science you don't require stethoscope and all these things just touch the pulse everything about that person he will tell that used to be the standard of um, kaviraj means doctor so the modern western medicine is a very very imperfect or rudimentary or very crude form of medical science i would say like that it's not entirely dysfunctional it has its place and in the modern times that is the most known you know medical science but much of it also is a lot of fake things are going on in medical science as well There's a lot of propaganda research, sponsored research sponsored medicines sponsored diseases even um many things are scam scammed actually to promote a medicinal industry and you know make a big business out of hospitals and medicines that is that is another big scam behind this medical industry that's another whole thing whole subject matter to talk about but it's a very crude form of medical science ayurveda from the vedas it's the most perfect form of uh, medical science i would put it that way So next question by Bhakta Virendra Is karma and dharma similar karma refers to prescribed duties and dharma means also following one's duties Well the word karma is used very very broadly meaning many many things in different contexts even dharma for that matter uh so bhakta virendra is saying something interesting here i did not know this but you see he is saying sanjeevani mantra brought dead man alive shukrasara gave the son to kach son of brihaspati i didn't know that interesting so yeah it, it, these things are there in fact um, it seems in the himalayas there is one leaf if you stand on that leaf it is said and look upwards into the sky you can see the entire creation sits standing on one place the entire cosmic the entire view of the cosmic creation you can have lost the knowledge is lost the great sages they used to know all these secrets but you know sometimes it so happens that the disease you have the cure of the disease the herb to cure the disease may be right next to you but you don't know that, that, that that's the cure the knowledge is lost the herbs the herbs may be right in front of us or right around us all around us in fact even the animals animals directed by parmatma they know sometimes you know sometimes uh, the tigers when they get injured or something sometimes they they go and eat particular leaves 
so they know that you know when they take this they will get cured how do they know so this is uh, very uh, interesting because the paramatma actually guides them you know and and, and even they do this you know when they they are wounded in a fight or with other animals or something while hunting or something they lick their their limbs if they can lick some some parts of the body they can't reach uh, but sometimes other animals help lick especially lions their family the pride the other lions lick for them so they lick that's another way of curing the wound so these things are there they know um, even animals know that see but just that we have become so <laughs> blinded because we we are not used to that we just what we, what we do i mean especially me i never had any experience on the farm i don't know how vegetables are grown how and i don't know how you know seeds come from where then like the other day i was saying the sesame seeds i never knew where sesame seeds came from then the, that verse was saying krishna's nose was like a sesame flower then I, what sesame flower what is sesame flower then i google search image search sesame flower then i found oh wow this looks like a nose then there in the flower comes a seeds sesame seeds wow this is how sesame seeds come out and when you i just bought it from the from the shop so we are disconnected from how things happen in reality how rice is grown how wheat is grown we, we have disconnected ourselves from the source of these things so how can we how are we to expect how are we to understand we have lost that connection with nature that's why all this technological this thing will not help when our life is in danger the real thing is we need food shelter and clothing so if these are not there we, we cannot we cannot eat these computer chips no these are maybe chips but it's not like potato chips and computer chips. we cannot eat them so the knowledge is lost hmm what is the next question karma and dharma yeah i digress again back to the astrology and i mean ayurveda so karma and dharma so karma sometimes means activity activity sometimes karma means the law of action and reaction sometimes karma means sanctioned action in the vedas akarma is transcendental action vikarma is sinful action prohibited action in the vedas so karma uh, or sometimes we say oh my karma you know so that means my you know my this because of my past deeds i am now you know <clears throat> uh reaping some misery or you know happiness or whatever it is usually when you know <laughs> we don't uh, blame or we don't give credit to karma when something good happens when something good happens i did it when something bad happens my karma <laughs> hmm. not me my karma but who did the karma me i i did but I, that we forget my karma but when good happens that is also my karma only right that time we don't say my karma no Uh, that's me when something bad happens my karma something to blame not other than me i can stay away from the equation that's our biggest problem we don't accept our mistake anyway um so dharma dharma means yeah duty and dharma also there are different meanings right stree dharma means the duties of a woman kshatriya dharma brahmana dharma vaishya dharma shudra dharma uh so there are dharmas for everybody hmm. then there is a transcendental dharma 
Sarvadharman Parityajya Mamekam Saranam Raja Krishna is telling, surrender to me. This is Sanatana Dharma. Varnashrama Dharma, according to our you know, Varna and Ashrama position, our duties, and Sanatana Dharma, which is our eternal duty, which is to serve Krishna. And our Varnashram Dharma should serve the Sanatana Dharma principle. Otherwise, if we get stuck with Varnashram, but if we don't do the Dharma, what is the Dharma there? Atapumbir Dvijasreshtha Varnashrama Vibhagasha Svanushtitasa Dharmasa Samsiddhir Haritoshanam. Haritoshanam is the uh, aim of all Varnashram. Oh, best among the twice born, it is concluded, therefore, that the highest perfection can one can achieve by discharging the duties prescribed for one's own occupation according to caste divisions and orders of life is to please the personality of Godhead. So, to please Krishna, Haritoshanam, that is the whole point. If you miss that point and if you are just, you know, doing all so-called dharma, what is the point? So, dharma and karma can mean many things according to the context. So, it, it depends on... but. Highest karma is akarma. Highest kind of activity is akarma or naishkarmyam, it is said. Naishkarma. Naishkarmyam means action which has no reaction, material reaction. That is spiritual action. And dharma, the highest dharma is sarvadharman prithyajamamekam saranam raja. To surrender to Krishna is the highest dharma. Huh? What is that? Um, Gita Mahatmya, last verse, seventh verse. Um, Karma Pekam Tasya Devasya Seva. Uh, Shankaracharya said, Karma Pekam Tasya Devasya Seva. Let there be only one work for everybody. Karma Pe, Karma. What is that? Tasya Devasya Seva. Let us all engage in service of Narayana or Krishna. So that is the karma, which that is the work that should be for everybody. So in that way. So anyway, next. Um Next question by Somagiri Prabhu, who goes by the name Mark Sombor. Let's put it on screen. So this Prabhu is from Hungary, very staunch follower and supporter of ISKM. He's preaching in Hungary. You know. So he's asking in Srimad Bhagavatam. 3.12.5 we can find the four kumaras attached to vasudev after generated but one another place we can read they were impersonalists and changed after when they felt tulasi garland fragrance so when they were impersonalist so when they were impersonalist if after generating they attached to vasudev let's go 3 12 5 तान्बभाषे स्वभोः पुत्रान् प्रजाः सृजतपुत्रकाः तन्नैच्छन्मोक्षधर्माणो वासुदेवपरायणः वासुदेवपरायणः but due to their being attached to Vasudeva, the supreme personality of God, they aimed at liberation and therefore they expressed their unwillingness. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. 
well how much time elapsed from generating them and uh, asking them to procreate we don't know so brahma spoke to his sons after generating them but how long after generating them oh i did not take over this sorry brahma spoke to his sons after generating them my dear sons he said now create now generate progeny but due to their being attached to vasudev the supreme personality of godhead they aimed at liberation and therefore they expressed their unwillingness so um when a person is born immediately if you ask a baby to procreate the baby doesn't even know how he how he or she was procreated first of all <laughs> nobody knows how he was born when he is born it takes some time to mature to that stage of understanding how we were born unless one comes of age one comes to at least teenage years one does not understand how he was born hmm. <clears throat> so um after generating them he asked them to create progeny but then how long after means any time after right so it's said in a short way in one verse one shloka but how much time elapsed and how what all happened before in 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 that time period we don't know so of course we know that they actually became from impersonalists to personalists so they grew until 5 years old and after that they never grew they refused to grow hmm. so because they don't want any disturbance from their senses youthful senses so they did not grow beyond 5 years old because they were so powerful mystics they could do that stop their growth so like that we should understand in the meantime they got you know uh, attached to the the what is that the tulsi fragrance of the lord and the incense in the temple i think that incident is there somewhere in the 6th canto if i am not wrong or even the 3rd canto 3rd canto is also mentioned they went to the spiritual world um but by then they must be devotees somewhere it is stated you know how they became devotees so sometimes so bhagavatam is not exactly in chronological order by the way it's in order of one's advancement you know it takes us higher and higher higher and higher but finally to the ras leela which is the highest leela so um, it may not be it's not actually exactly chronologically ordered so sometimes later pastimes are mentioned before and before pastimes are mentioned later like in the beginning of bhagavatam parishit maharaj and that was 5000 years old and then seventh canto is millions of years old pralad maharaj and all that hiranyakashipu so and then different different topics are were discussed so we have to see everything in order how it all fits into chronology right that is what i can say from the limited experience i have from the limited knowledge i have i'm not saying what i'm saying is correct but i guess that that's how it happened not that immediately he generated them and then asked them to procreate their babies what they understand so um it takes some time you know and then they under, they have they must have understood spiritual knowledge and everything and then only he asked them to procreate because you see i'll show you something in bhagavad gita in the third chapter 10th verse sahayagyah prajah srishtva purovach prajapati anena prasavishyadham esha vostvishtaka madhuk 
in the beginning of creation, the Lord of all creatures sent forth generations of men and demigods along with sacrifices for Vishnu and blessed them by saying, Be thou happy by this yajna sacrifice because his performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and achieving liberation. So, big four, that means the Lord sent forth generations of men and demigods along with sacrifices for Vishnu. Even Daksha Prajapati, you know the story in Bhagavatam, fourth canto, Daksha Prajapati produced to 10,000 sons and he wanted them to further the population. But he did not ask them to just go and jump into the beds with some women and rape them and you know, produce some population. No. What did he do? He gave them to the custody of Naradmuni. Hmm. And Naradmuni, he asked Naradmuni to train them so that they become very nice, strong character people. And then yes, progeny. Because simply if the universe, oh, I have to fill the universe. Okay, let everybody have sex. No. They have to be Sahayagyaha. There has to be the art, the, 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 the process of sacrifice. Without sacrifice, what is the point in just creation that animals also can do? And then the whole creation will become full of chaos. So, the humankind has to be taught the way of sacrifice for Vishnu. So, that is taught first in the Brahmacharya life, then Grihastha life. So, when uh, Brahma, he wanted them to procreate, of course, it must be understood that he taught them the religious principles first. But while teaching the religious principles, they got attracted to the religious principles and not they were not interested in procreation. So, that's where <laughs> they refused the father's order. No, 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 we are not going to Grihastha Ashram, we will remain Brahmacharis. <laughs> that's how it happened. It must have happened. I mean, that's what I'm guessing. It may be my speculation, but this is the natural idea. Because they have to be trained. How can, you know, straight Grihastha, that is Shudra life. Brahma is creating Prajapatis and he wanted very responsible people to head, to, to take care of this department of generating uh, progeny. And for responsibility means they have to be trained perfectly. Hmm. So, a training was going on and in the course of training, they got so attached to the training, they got so attached to Vasudeva Parayana, that they forgot, uh, you know, they, they, no, I don't want to do this Krasthash, I don't want to pro- procreate and all that. <laughs> Same thing happened with Daksha's sons. 10,000 sons he produced, he gave them to Naradmuni. You train them, Naradmuni very qualified Devarshi, uh, you train them. So, they will be perfect householders. So, he trained them in spiritual life. And they got so attached to spiritual life that even then, no, we are not going to marry. All 10,000 of them became sannyasis. He became frustrated. All his anger, he kept. <sighs> okay, he produced 1,000 more sons. Again, he gave them to Naradmuni. Naradmuni, careful. Don't do the same mistake we did previously. I want them to become householders. So, he trained them again in spiritual life. They were way too interested in spiritual life. All 1000 sons again became sannyasis. They did not want to marry. This time he got so angry with Narad Muni. He, he nicely you know, offended Narad Muni, saying all sorts of nonsense. He, he cursed Narad Muni. Uh, so <laughs> these things happened. So, in other words, Daksha is a prajapati. He is a responsible position. So, when he was creating the progeny, he was training them first. But in the course of training, of course, they got too involved in the training and said, we don't want your Grahastha Ashram anymore, enough. We have learned enough about Grahastha Ashram and our Brahmachari life from the Shastra. I don't think we will want to get into that. <laughs> and his mission was frustrated. So, that's why there was that conflict of interest. But, uh, yeah, I think in that 
means they became this devotees from being brahmavadis to devotees okay next by bhakta virendra devotees ask questions in decoded form for which they get elaborate and encoded answers from tatvavid prabhu ji in amam sessions great knowledge in every answer well i don't know why you put a question mark there thank you i mean it's all prabhupad's mercy it's all prabhupad's mercy so i mean i think with the association of all you wonderful vaishnavas i am able to speak something you know from the shastras you know otherwise i'll speak from from my head you know <coughs> next question by bhakta virendra i can foresee that this is going to be a long session krishna it's a nice exercise for me to answer these questions i really, i really like like this session i don't know whether you are getting bored of it or not but <laughs> for me it's a good exercise for me to test my own knowledge in fact and if i don't know i, I I'm, not, i'm not saying i'm perfect in the knowledge at all but at least it makes me practice what i know so next question by bhakta virendra hiranyaksha hiranyakashipu ravana kumbhakarna got boon from lord brahma lord shiva also gave boons to many demons lord vishnu never gave boons to any demon in fact vishnu killed demons is it because that lord vishnu controls more of goodness and therefore he protects his devotees and kill demons who got boons from brahma and shiva who are in charge of passion and ignorance <coughs> the ones who ask boons from vishnu they are never demons because dwaubhuta sargo lokesmen daiva asura evacha vishnu bhakta smrito daiva asurasta dviparyaya padmapuran says dwaubhuta sarne there are two, two 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 kinds of people in this world one is uh, daiva or godly people and other people are asuras demoniac the godly people are who those who worship vishnu and those who are against vishnu are demoniac so if they are against vishnu why they will come to vishnu for uh, for benediction they will not so that's why by default lord vishnu did not give any benediction to demons because no demon will come to him for benedictions <laughs> he is their enemy they will take shelter of some demigod to fight to get benedictions to fight vishnu like hiranyakashipu ravana kumbhakarna everybody <clears throat> so why they will come to him that's why lord vishnu never asked if they asked benedictions he will give he will give he will give in a very clever way but they will never come if they come then there no more asura it's not by family right? like prahlad maharaj he was born in asura family but once he chanted narayana i mean krishna's name he is de- is counted among devotees so in that sense you see narasimhadev he blessed so called demon prahlad but is he a demon no he was born in a demon family but he was a devotee so even if you are a demon if you come to krishna you are a devotee apichet sudurachara bhajate ma mananya bhag sadureva samantavya 930 what is this samyak vyavasito hi saha even if one commits oh sorry 
even if one commits the most abominable action if he is engaged in devotional service he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated in his determination like dhruv maharaj he was just a materialistic fellow boy just was insulted by his stepmother when his great anger he went and worship vishnu but once he was touched vishnu vishnu's name and meditation on him his quality changed so the demon will become devotee when he contacts vishnu <laughs> so he became a great devotee dhruv maharaj you know lord vishnu personally came to see him so that is the reason why lord vishnu never benedicts the de- uh, demons because once he benedicts them there are no more demons by the time he benedicts them they they are already devoted to him so much they become devotees in fact so much so that they don't even want heavenly pleasures like dhruv maharaj yeah, i don't want anything <laughs> i have seen you that's it finish all my desires i that was all some useless nonsense i i just want you like that <clears throat> next question by bhakta virendra you see <laughs> this bhakta virendra he is very clever he will ask questions which he already knows anyway we answer never mind <laughs> he is the one who promised that i will not ask any question in this today's am and now he is <laughs> all right so in his third question by bhakta virendra what is the significance of kanthimala just as a dog wears a neck band given by its his master similarly shri prabhupada equated devotees wearing kanthimala to krishna's servant and then question mark you already gave the answer and then put a question mark there so yeah it's like that we are a dog of krishna some people may think hey why are you saying you are a dog uh, why dog of krishna is so easy right? hmm? to be to be chaitanya mahaprabhu is saying what is that ainanda tanuja kinkaram vishame bhavam budhav what is it ainanda tanuja kinkaram vishame bhavam budhav कृपयातव पादपंकज स्थित धूली सदृशम विचिंत मेक मी अपेक ऑफ डस्ट एट युअर फीट फॉर गेट अबाउट डॉग इफ डॉग इज बैड दैन डस्ट इज वॉट बट चैतन महाप्रभु सिंग प्लीज मेक मी अ डस्ट ऑफ युअर फीट इज प्रेन टू कृष्ण लाइक दैट सो डॉग इज वेरी यू नो डॉग ऑफ कृष्ण मीन्स इट्स यू नो इट्स नॉट ईजी थिंग नॉट 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 ईजी इट्स इज हाउ कैन वी वन बी अ पेट ऑफ कृष्ण कृष्णस डॉग यूर वी ग्रेट डिवोटी टू बिकम कृष्णस डॉग in fact bhaktino thakur is saying vaishnava uh, what is that uh, tumar kukur he is saying i am your dog he is praying to a vaishnava i want to be the dog of a vaishnava not of krishna of a vaishnava hmm hmm vaishnava thakur tumar kukur i want to become your dog o vaishnava so like that you know becoming dog of vaishnava becoming dog of krishna is very great thing so yes we are but we do not be proud yes i am krishna's dog you know yes i mean behave like a krishna's dog krishna's dog is not proud krishna's dog is humble <laughs> that's why he became krishna's dog <laughs> the meek and humble inherit the kingdom of god the proud fellow will never go to the kingdom of god so if you think we are oh, i am krishna's dog i am not ये मे भक्तजना पार्थन अमे भक्ताश्च तेजना एनी वन हू सेज कृष्ण सेज लाइक दिस इन आदिपुराण एनी वन हू सेज ईज मै डिवोटी इमीडियटली आ रिजेक्ट हिम 
I don't consider him as my devotee. Get lost. When he says he is a devotee of my servant, ah, then I will say yes, he is my devotee. So, to become God, dog of Krishna, dog of God, we have to become humble, humbler than the blade of grass. Hmm. Then we can become dog of God. We can never become God. We can become dog of God. Okay, next. By Franklin Joseph, is the Hare Krishna even coming back in 2021 Haugang Stadium? Oh, he's from uh, Singapore, I guess. Hopefully, <laughs> it all depends on the COVID-19 situation. He's talking about the Rathayatra, for those of you who do not know. Uh, the Haugang Stadium is a stadium in which we have been conducting the Rathayatra for the past five years, except for this year. And uh, yeah, if everything goes good, yes, we will revive. We're waiting for that, everything to open up safely, of course. So yeah, hopefully it will be there, you know, let's pray for that. Next by Shri Priya Nambiar. What is this? Hare Krishna Prabhuji, kindly explain the journey of the soul once it leaves the body. Does the soul have a form? What happens to Paramatma once the person dies? Hare Krishna, thank you. <laughs> so, does the soul have a form? How do we know? How to know whether the soul has form? What is the answer? Anyway, I'm not going to wait for your answer because <laughs> I'll be waiting for eternity or I'll wait for the comment section. I wouldn't mind waiting for answer, but I think for the ones who are watching, that'll be a waste of time. So, in the Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, 22nd verse, there is this description. Vasam sijiranani yathavihaya navani grihanati naroparani tathasharirani vihaya jirnani anyani samyati navani dehi as a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, the soul similarly accepts new material bodies, giving up the old and useless ones. Now, Sri Priya Mataji must be asking, Prabhu, I asked you whether soul has form or not. What are you telling about garments? <laughs> now, actually here, if you look closely, if you read between the lines, there is the answer here only. Shushri Prabhupada uh, highlighted this verse when he was asked about form of the soul. Now, he said, as a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, the soul similarly accepts new material bodies, giving up the old and useless ones. So the bodies are compared to garments or clothes. Now clothes have form, just like our body has a form, right? Now clothes have a form, why? Clothes have a form, why? The shirt has hands, um, the, the pants you know, are in the shape of the legs. So why? Why do they have shape? Now it is foolish to ask, the clothes have shape, but the person inside, does he have a shape? Well, because the person has a shape, the clothes have a shape, according to the person's shape. So if our body has a shape, our body is made of what? Earth, water, fire, air and ether. 
and mind uh, intelligence and false ego that is the sukshma sharir but the jada sharir especially this external form is made of the panchabhuta they are actually earth fire you know if, if when the body so called dies it mixes with the elements earth water fire air and ether finish so it was just that how did it assume a form that means this garment of this body is tailor made for us the soul that means the soul has form because the soul has form the body has form hmm. so um but then why different different forms well according to our karma we have purchased this body we have purchased this body karma is the currency when we pass on to the next body we we say we 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 take nothing from this world right we do take something actually that is our activities all the activities we did that is our currency dharmo vittam nirnam pratya the <coughs> the the wealth of a person who is passing away is his dharma whatever he, uh, dharma he has done that will help him elevate if he did not do dharma if he did some karma or vikarma even worse then vikarma means sinful activity then the next life is going to be very bad body very troublesome body troublesome life so that is the thing so in this way we have to understand that the soul has a form and that's why the body has a form and that's why this verse is related to that form of the soul so now coming to the next point of the question what is that kindly explain the journey of the soul once it leaves the body does the soul have a form so does the soul have a form i have already answered it does have a form now actually i have not completely answered it wait now if the soul has a form okay fine the body has a form but the soul has sometimes human form sometimes insect form sometimes tree form sometimes bird form sometimes demigod form sometimes snake form why how many forms he has why how come the tailor you know is making krishna is a tailor right i mean why is tailor made so many kinds of dresses what is this ah next <laughs> if he has one form why he has many many dresses many shapes of dresses well just like a woman can wear pants uh, sometimes she wears a gown you see sometimes if you just you know completely cover yourself up that is also kind of covering only if you just take a plain cloth and cover yourself up that is also garment you can say but that shape will be like a very you know, like a like a small mound so the real shape inside the person's person the shape of the person is not a mound shape it's a person shape but he is crouching and he's putting the cloth over his himself so it appears like a mound so prabhupada explained in that, that way that the actual form of the soul is revealed in the spiritual world where he is either a peacock or you know sometimes he can be even changing they can change their forms i mean even demigods can change their forms even demons can change their forms surpanaka ravana's sister a hideous demon demoness she went in a very beautiful form same with same thing with uh, who is this putana she was a horrible looking demoness huh eh? but she changed herself changed her form into a very beautiful maiden and she went to the yashoda and took krishna and you know gave her breast milk and tried to kill her so even when demons can change you think in the spiritual world they cannot change they can change huh eh? but they would want to maybe serve in a specific form 
you know even when acharyas came down, come down to this earth they accept different forms like rupa goswami he is rupa manjari in the spiritual world he is a, a manjari means a young girl like in her 11 12 years at that age um so he is eternally that age and he is assisting the gopis who are assisting the radha krishna pastimes so he is that gopi that young gopi manjari rupa manjari but when he came here he came as a man in a, in a male body so that way uh, is all secrets we don't have to speculate i am not an expert at all i mean come on i am just a rotten soul in this material world so i don't know anything about the spiritual world also but this little bit what we find in the shastras we can understand and what shall prabhupada explain so the soul has yes it is one shape but it can be covered in different different ways like sometimes there are costumes right where actually there was this documentary <laughs> um wait a second there was this I, i don't know some time back somebody sent me a clip where it was a movie about polar bears or something but then they did not have that many polar bears and they wanted polar bears to come in the middle of a city so how they did they did a costume so perfectly done that it almost looked like a polar bear but actually inside were two persons so they were you know walking in a way that and they also mimicked the way a polar bear walks and it looked like a polar bear and so realistic so re- even when pe- passed by people people got terrified because polar bear is not like the teddy bear hey hardly cuddly cuddly hugging bear no no no, no. is a horrible bear you know it's a, it's a carnivore it will eat you up that's polar bear so when they saw polar bears they were terrified ah you know but uh, actually it was just a fake one so if even a man can do that god can do that so actually inside were humans but they look it looked like a polar bear so in that way the most uh, advanced form is the human form in this human form because it resembles krishna's form the most um krishna actually created the human form after his own form and he benedicted this form with the capacity to understand him hmm. so the soul ultimately has also a sarupyam sarupyam means the liberation having the same form as the lord so in that way we can have the same form as the lord so our form is like that and what is exactly our form we do not know now you know uh, but this body is like a dress so okay now that is about whether the soul has a form it does have a form hmm? according to his own eternal relationship with krishna he has a form next the journey of the soul when it exits this body well there are indications in the bhagavad gita and the second chapter in the 15th chapter there are indications um but if you want to they are very uh, abstractive not abstract they are very philosophical may be difficult to comprehend but maybe i'll show you a, a, an example which is a graphical example what exactly happens let's read in the bhagavatam of course i will show you first the bhagavad gita i think 213 let's go to 213 very basic verse देहिनोस्मिन् यथा देहे कौमारम यौवनम जरा तथा देहांतर प्राप्तिर धीरस तत्र नमोह्यति एज द एम्बॉडीड सोल कंटीन्यूअसली पासेस इन दिस बॉडी फ्रॉम बॉयहुड टू यूथ टू ओल्ड एज द सोल सिमिलरली पासेस इनटू अनदर बॉडी एट डेथ अ सोबर पर्सन इज नॉट बीविल्डेड बाय सच अ चेंज सो इन दिस बॉडी ऑलरेडी द बॉडी इज चेंजिंग वी डोंट हैव टू वेट अंटिल डेथ टू नो वेदर रीइंकार्नेशन इज अ फैक्ट और नॉट इवन नाउ इट इज ऑलरेडी हैपनिंग we had a body when we were we were a kid 
that was a totally different body and now we have a totally different body but we are the same person but we have a different body now so we have already reincarnated so that reincarnation will continue as is according to this verse just after this this body is completely finished then we will go to another body just as we have already been going into different bodies even during this so called life from boyhood to youth to old age the soul similarly passes into another body at death that is called again birth so that is one understanding then there is um, 15th chapter uktramantam sthitam vaapi bhunjanam vya gunanvitam oh there is a next verse this is this is a 15.8 and 9 and 10 three verses shariram yada vapnoti yachaputyakar utkramatishwarah grihitvaitani samyati vayurgandhani pashayat the living entity in the material world carries his different conceptions of life from one body to another as the, as the air carries aromas thus it takes one kind of body and again quits it to take another so this is how reincarnation the mechanics of reincarnation take place so just as the air carries aromas so the air is orderless it doesn't have an order but the air carries order from the place it comes from if it passes through a rose garden we will have a rose scent if it passes through a drainage it will have the carry the stench of the drainage so the air itself is not stinking or is fragrant no but it carries the aroma from a particular place so the soul is like the air which is passing through passing through so just like if i if the air comes at my nose and i feel the fragrance of the rose wow so nice that means i know the air has passed through a rose garden similarly the soul in this body if he has certain characteristics if he has certain habits if he is inclined to certain things like some people are inclined to you know demoniac things you know they like meat they like horror movies they like terrible music uh, i mean you know all kinds of things their like their habits are all bad their their language is foul and so by this we can understand that just like the air when it i did not see whether the air i cannot see air so i don't know where it came from but when it touches my nose then i know okay this air has come from some whatever place according to the uh, smell similarly i don't know how the soul has come here but by looking at his current status or characteristic of the person we can roughly gauge where from he came whether it's from the mode of goodness whether his previous life was of the mode of goodness or passion or ignorance so accordingly karanam gunasangosya sadasa dhyoni janmasu that is explained in the 13th chapter purusha prakriti sthohi bhungte prakriti jan gunan karanam guna sangosha sadasadyoni janmasu the living entity in material nature does follows the ways of life enjoying the three modes of nature this is due to his association with that material nature thus he meets with good and evil among various species karanam the karanam the, the reason for one's birth is guna sangosya the reason for different kinds of births why somebody is intelligent somebody is retarded somebody is beautiful somebody is ugly somebody is fat somebody is you know beautiful um, figure so why all these things different different combinations when varieties right somebody is rich somebody is poor why what is the karanam what is the cause karanam gunasangosya 
sadasadhyoni janma so according to his association with different modes he gets the result so by seeing the result we can gauge roughly what was his past just like the air carrying aromas by the aroma you can roughly gauge where the air came from okay so that is how uh, this is explained in the bhagavad gita the next verse श्रोत्रम चक्षु स्पर्शनम च रसनम घ्राणमेवचं अधिष्ठाय मनश्चायम विषयानुपसेवते द लिविंग एंटिटी दस टेकिंग अनदर ग्रोस बॉडी ऑब्टेन्स अ सर्टेन टाइप ऑफ इयर आई टंग नोज एंड सेंस ऑफ टच व्हिच आर ग्रुप्ड अबाउट द माइंड ही दस एंजॉयज अ पर्टिकुलर सेट ऑफ सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट्स अ पिग फॉर एग्जांपल ही ही एंजॉयज गार्बेज ही एंजॉयज इट इफ यू गिव हिम हलवा ही विल एजेसिस दिस इज गार्बेज गार्बेज इज हलवा फॉर मी <laughs> halwa is garbage garbage is halwa this is pig's consciousness why because mode of ignorance so he likes particular set of sense objects according to the senses he has gotten under the according to the association of his previous like if he has associated with the mode of ignorance yeah then this is the kind of body he will get like a pig you know any animal is actually more or less in the mode of ignorance to consider garbage as palatable as halwa one must be absolutely retarded answer so, and to consider halwa as garbage that's another retarded so to have such retarded mentality one has to be in the mode of ignorance because in the mode of ignorance everything is oppositely understood you know whatever is correct will be seen as wrong whatever is wrong will be seen as correct you know so in that way uh, <clears throat> one gets all these things this is how transmigration happens then this 15.10 उक्तमंत स्थित भगवदीता and associate with devotees attend the classes in this way you will increase your knowledge once you are with knowledge then you will know everything how everything is happening well it's a long answer but i can show you something else briefly you know my briefly everybody is already laughing by now when i say briefly everybody knows it's going to be a long winded answer so sorry about that but you see this give you more graphical description of exactly what happens like okay this is all nice this is all philosophical and you know this is all very abstract okay we can understand it philosophical but what exactly happens what exactly one goes through well for one who is not a devotee this is what happens i'm not going to read the sanskrits but only the uh, translation of it okay <clears throat> so it is this is actually a uh, explanation of a person who is very attached to his family how he dies and how he takes his next birth this that journey is explained here okay so when this fool this family man he he works hard and maintains his family and then he grows old and he becomes an old man and he is going to die i'm reading from that part of the story okay the foolish family man does not become averse to family life although he is maintained by those whom he once maintained deformed by the influence of old age he prepares himself to meet ultimate death huh 
Thus he remains at home just like a pet dog and eats whatever is so negligently given to him. Afflicted with many illnesses such as dyspepsia and loss of appetite, he eats only very small morsels of food and he becomes an invalid who cannot work anymore. I mean, as much as we want to respect the old people, but this is exactly what they go through. Uh, it's a very miserable condition, you know, miserable condition. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, just digress a bit. Uh, miserable condition, 11, 11, I think, 18 or 19? 19, 19 probably. Let's see. Ah, you see? Gam dugdha doham asatim chabharyam deham paradhinam asat prajam cha vittvam vittam tvatirthi kritamangavacham hinam mayarakshati dukha dukhi. My dear Ruddhava, that man is certainly most miserable who takes care of a cow that gives no milk, an unchaste wife, huh? who has an unchaste wife. A body totally dependent on others. This is what happens in old age. A body totally dependent on others. He is most miserable. And he, or if he has useless children or wealth not utilized for the right purpose, that is another big miserable. A wealth should, must be used for dharma. What is that? Dhanam dharmaika phalam yatho vai. Dhanam, dhanam dharmaika phalam yatho vai. That means dhanam, wealth should be used for religious purposes. If it's not used, it is a misuse of wealth. <coughs> so that is that will become a source of misery hmm. similarly one who studies vedic knowledge devoid of my glories is also most miserable even if he reads vedic knowledge without understanding krishna's glory most miserable. so may, basically i was saying that a body totally dependent on others is a miserable condition anyway going back to the story so he eats only very small morsels of food and he becomes an invalid who cannot work anymore in that disease conditions Condition: One's eyes bulge due to the pressure of air from within and his glands become congested with mucus. He has difficulty breathing and upon exhaling and inhaling he produces a sound like ghur ghur, a rattling within the throat. That means he is cough. <coughs> no, he cannot even... In this way he comes under the clutches of death and lies down, surrounded by lamenting friends and relatives and although he wants to speak with them, he no longer can because he is under the control of time. Thus the man who engaged with uncontrolled senses in maintaining a family dies in great grief, seeing his relatives crying. That's why it is said one should not cry when somebody passes away. Because that gives more misery to the person who is passing away. In fact, on the other hand, one should jubilantly chant Hare Krishna. When Haridas Thakur was passing away, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he knew that Haridas Thakur was going to pass away in a few moments, started everybody, come on, chant, dance. Kirtan, big Kirtan started. They did not, Haridas Thakur passing away. No, they chanted all the time. Of course, one feels, you know, especially one should cry when a great saintly person passes away. Because of great loss for us. Not for the saintly person, for us. <laughs> because we, Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra Koi. Lava Matra Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Koi. Um, one eleventh of a second associating, association with Sadhu is a great uh, benediction. Hmm. So, <coughs> um, if we can't associate, that's a great, yes, that's a curse for us. But of course, we can associate with him by following his instructions. So anyway, that's another topic. But here, when one passes away, one should not cry with him. One should chant, happily chant. 
uh, and make him also happy and let him hear yes chanting hare krishna hare krishna that will benefit him anyway don't start chanting when somebody is going to die start when you can you know when you have when you're fully healthy and your body is still in pretty much in your control then start chanting don't wait until death yeah, no problem you know I, when i'm going to die i'll call some devotees and, and they will chant for me and i'll go back to godhead until then i'll do whatever i want what if you can't call the devotee what if the devotee don't want to come to come and see you because you have gone against the devotees or something like whatever you know don't wait become a devotee now anyway that's another thing we're talking about how one passes away right so this is how is now approaching death huh he no longer can speak with them because he is under the control of time thus the man who engages with uncontrolled senses and maintaining a family dies in great grief seeing his relatives crying he dies most pathetically in great pain and without consciousness there's no such thing as oh he passed away peacefully no he is dying in great pain and without consciousness at death he sees the messengers of the lord of death come before him their eyes their eyes full of wrath it means anger it means yamaraj servants have come already now he sees them and in great fear he passes stool and urine he hasn't died yet uh, before dying people usually pass to stool and urine that's because of this they become hysterical for the last two days of their life even in hospitals this is seen that before they die the last two days three days they become a little hysterical they become restless they become afraid because they are seeing these messengers these yamadutas waiting for them i'm telling you from my own uh, my own grandfather said this that he used to complain to his children that he used to he used to he used to always ask who are they standing there with chains why are they looking so horrible why are they looking at me he used to say these things and of course his children they they could not see them and they said no 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 it's just your imagining you know they are saying they told him off like that they also do not know what was the truth i was told this by my own aunt and she said this and uh, i was like wow this exactly confirms what is there in the shastras i knew exactly what he was talking about they 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 still think, think that he was in he was having some hallucinations that's not a hallucination he was seeing the yama, yamadutas holding chains and you know horrible looking faces um <clears throat> in fact he even said why are they standing on those uh, rocks you know like a uh, concrete rocks you know those not concrete cemented concrete but you know there's uh, in telugu we say kankara rallu kankara rallu means you know that this rocks this big you know they were standing hot rocks they were standing on that and they were they were looking at him with grimacing faces and with chains in their hand so he was seeing all this so um, that's why they in great fear they pass stool and urine as a criminal is arrested for punishment by the constables of the state a person engaged in criminal sense gratification is similarly arrested by yamadutas who bind him by the neck with strong rope and cover his subtle body so that he may undergo severe punishment while carried by the constables of yamaraj he is overwhelmed and trembles in their hands while passing on the road he is bitten by dogs and he can remember the sinful activities of his life he is made to remember all the sinful things that he has done in his life and he greatly repents he is thus terribly distressed dogs are biting him you know under the scorching sun the criminal has to pass through roads of hot sand with forest fires on both sides he is whipped on the back by the constables because of his inability to walk he is unable to walk it's so hot and 
he by dogs are biting him but when he falls down on the ground he is whipped by the yamadutas to wake up to get up and walk again and he is afflicted by hunger and thirst but unfortunately there is no drinking water no shelter and no place for rest on the road while passing on that road to the abode of yamaraj he falls down in fatigue and sometimes he becomes unconscious but he is forced to rise again in this way he is very quickly brought to the presence of yamaraj thus he has to pass 99000 yojanas within two or three moments you know what is 99000 yojanas one yojana is 8 miles 99000 yojanas is about 792000 miles times 1.6 kilometers 1. something million kilometers in two or three moments he goes from this planet to yamaraj planet which is that far apart and he is quickly brought to the presence of yamaraj does he has to okay this we have read he is placed in the midst of the burning pieces of wood and his limbs are set on fire in some cases he is made to eat his own flesh or have it eaten by others his entrails that means his intestines are pulled out by the hounds and vultures of hell even though he is still alive to see it he will not die he will never die the body will never die there in hell he will suffer like anything the pain but he will not die this is even worse than dying because if once you die your that suffering is gone no this won't end his body will be ripped apart and then again brought back again ripped apart like that he will feel all the pain but he will not die so his entrails are pulled out by the hounds and vultures of hell even though he is still alive to see it and he is subject to he is subjected to torment by serpents scorpions gnats and other other creatures that bite him scorpions are biting him you know serpents are biting snakes are biting him and his vultures are pulled out by the vultures i mean his, his uh, intestines are pulled out by the vultures and in fact this is seen i have seen a documentary way back in national geographic that hyenas they do this to other animals when they kill the animals a lion will kill an animal he will just he will just capture the animal and break its spine and then you know catches on the throat and suffocates it to death finish it's a very short death but hyenas are the worst to be killed by the hyena is the worst type of death for the wild animals because the hyenas don't wait for the animal to die they attack the animal from the behind the buttocks or the genitals for the males they will they will grab the genitals and start eating them and then they will even though they are they multiple hyenas they come in a pack and then um they start eating they start opening the stomach and then the intestines are all coming out the animal is still alive on its four legs and the intestines are all out of its stomach and hanging and the hyenas are eating up the intestines the, in the stomach is they're eating liver they're eating the animal is still alive this is exactly what happens in hell animal life is hellish life and when we go to hell we will have a human body and the same thing happens to us Hmm? Next, his limbs are lopped off, lopped off, and torn asunder by elephants. He is hurled down from hilltops, and he is also held captive either in water or in a cave. Men and women whose lives are were were built upon indulgence in sex life, illicit sex life, are put into many kinds of miserable conditions in the hell known as tamisra, andha tamisra, and raurava. Lord Kapila continued my dear mother it is sometimes said that we experience hell or heaven on this planet for hellish punishments are sometimes visible on this planet also as i said that animals you know how they are torn apart by hyenas 
and even the slaughter houses of modern world they are just hells hells on earth and you know those uh, what is that natural you know like uh, disturbances not natural calamities they are all hellish punishments hellish hmm. after leaving this body the man who maintained himself and his family members by sinful activities suffers a hellish life and his relatives suffers or suffer also he goes alone to the darkest regions of hell after quitting the present body and the money he acquired by envying other living entities is the passage money with which he leaves this world thus by the arrangement of the supreme personality of godhead the maintainer of kinsmen is put into a hellish condition to suffer for his sinful activities like a man who has lost his wealth therefore a person who is very eager to maintain his family and kinsmen simply by black methods certainly goes to the darkest region of hell where which is known as andhatamisra having gone through all the miserable hellish conditions and having passed in a regular order through the lowest forms of animal life after hell it is not finished he will then after all the hellish punishments now he goes and becomes an animal and then animal life also suffering and one by one one by one he becomes all the 8 million species of animals he rises and then again he gets a human form you know how many millions of years is that there are 8 million types of subhuman species and even if he lives in all those species for one year each it's 8 million years already before he comes back to human form and no as another species like if he is a tree he will stand for thousands of years after the death then he will become next tree there are 2 million types of trees i mean just imagine the suffering the time the amount of suffering we are agreeing to undergo by committing sinful activities it's not worth it passed in regular order through the lowest forms of animal life prior to human birth and having thus been purged of his sins one is reborn again as a human being on this earth you want to know how reincarnation takes place this is how it takes place so if you don't want this to happen then yamaraj says what to do if you don't want to see him ஜிஹ்வானவக்திவகவ்குணநாமேயம்ேத்தனஸ்மரிதச்சரணாரவிந்தம்ஷ்ணாயனோநமதியச்சிரேகாபிதானஜ்வமசோஸ்ரீமீ
they are equal to everyone and their narrations are sung by the demigods and the inhabitants of Siddhaloka. Please do not even go near them. They are always protected by the club of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and therefore Lord Brahma and I and even the time factor are not competent to chastise them. This is the way we must escape. Become devotee, we'll escape all this. No more rebirth. Alright, that was a long answer again. As usual. What is the time? Wow, we are nearing three hours now. Next question by Sri Priya Nambiar. Again. In the previous yugas, the demigods used to visit the earth and most of the stories we, re we read have a lot of interaction between humans and the gods. But why is it that now in Kali Yuga, such things don't happen and hence we find it difficult to believe what we read in our Puranas? The reason is, the demigods have no reason to come here unless there is a qualified person here. So, devotees, they used to be so qualified here, like Yudhishthir Maharaj, when he performed the Rajasu Yajna, he, he invited demigods from heaven and they came, attended. Because he was so qualified to invite them. Here we are all rubbish people, you know, why, why demigods should come? Actually, there, when there is a Kirtan, they will come. Hmm. Few, few times Prabhupada had also uh, mentioned that Narad Muni had come, you know, some demigods also came. So, but when there is no Kirtan, they won't come. So, because people are so sinful, they don't want to come here. And you know when it started? When Lord Buddha came. I think, let me take out that verse. In Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, 24, I think, 24. Um, oh. Here it is said, then in the beginning of Kaliuga, the Lord will. Oh, sorry. Then in the beginning of Kaliuga, the Lord will appear as Lord Buddha, the son of Anjana in the province of Gaya, just for the purpose of deluding those who are envious of the faithful theist. Hmm. What is the other reference? There was a reference that Lord Buddha has stopped the interplanetary travel. I think. Nectar of Devotion. Ah. It is said That because Krishna was constantly performing various types of sacrifices and was inviting the demigods from higher planetary systems, <laughs> the demigods were almost always absent from their consorts, their wives. 
therefore the wives of the demigods regretting the absence of their husbands began to pray for the appearance of lord buddha krishna's ninth incarnation who appears in the age of kali in other words instead of being pleased that lord krishna had come they began to pray for lord buddha who is the ninth incarnation because lord buddha stopped the ritualistic ceremonies and sacrifices recommended in the vedas in order to discourage animal killing to demigods wives sorry the demigods wives thought that if lord buddha appeared all kinds of sacrifices would be stopped on earth and thus their husbands would not be invited to such ceremonies and would not be separated from them you see look at these wives this is women classic women <laughs> so they don't want their husbands to go away from them so they said let these earthly people you know stop all their sacrifices let them become irreligious in that way they, nobody will invite them, our husbands to their sacrifices and our husbands will always be with us you see to keep their husband with themselves they don't mind the entire world becoming <laughs> irreligious <laughs> uh. so all kind of sacrifice would be stopped and thus their husbands would not be invited to such ceremonies and would not be separated from them sometimes it is inquired why don't the demigods from higher planetary systems come to this earth planet nowadays this is exactly your question the plain answer is that since lord buddha appeared and began to deprecate the performance of sacrifice in order to stop an- stop animal killing on this planet the process of offering sacrifices has been stopped and the demigods do not care to come here anymore because they are devotees demigods wherever there is you know just like devotees we went to you know russia we went to new zealand we went to australia we went to hungary in all these countries where did we go we did not go sightseeing and this and that no we went to the devotees because that is where sankirtan yagna the sacrifice of krishna i mean krishna sankirtan is going on sankirtan yagna so devotees are only interested to go places even though it may be in hellish countries like russia or hungary all these countries are hellish you know i mean <laughs> without any offense to them but you know but even if they go there why do they, otherwise we don't go there if there is nobody if there is no devotee there we will not go there right this devotee yes we will go and then we will you know go to the devotees only we don't go sight seeing and uh, no so similarly the demigods are also devotees they will only come to a place where there are devotees doing you know yagna for the satisfaction of krishna because they are also vaishnav they then they will appreciate other vaishnavas if there is nobody is vaishnav why do you want to go there even an ordinary devotee will not go and go to a place where there are no devotees right he doesn't like what to speak of the demigods then same thing that's the reason why they're not here next question by kupusami mardamuttu man give man give product the women this is called product or slave protect or slave i don't know what you're saying i don't really understand i'm sorry i don't know how to answer that i don't really understand the question next bhakta virendra says today is madhvachari appearance day yeah actually he's in our sampradaya today is appearance day and today is also you know vijayadashami the you know dasara the lord ram killed ravana so it's a very auspicious day today actually we are discussing all these things of course we did not read about madhvacharya and all but um, anyway we discussed about their philosophy <laughs> so that is still auspicious next question by dev govindan hmm let's see if i can quickly answer this question
Hare Krishna, may I know what are the important festivals to observe and not to be missed as, as a Krishna devotee? Is Diwali and Dasara included? In our Gaudiya Vaishnava, we don't really celebrate these two. But, they are connected with Ram and Krishna only. Um, so, we, we just do Sankirtan. That is, the, that is how we would um, observe these festivals. In Diwali, I mean especially in Singapore, Deepavali is the only Hindu holiday. You know? So, people have a public holiday and they visit temples. So, we take the advantage of that and then let them come to the temple and we have a Kirtan, nice prasadam feast for everybody, like that. So, that is there. So, in that way we observe. And Dasara, nothing special really. We just chant Hare Krishna and have Bhagavatam class. It's all normal. I mean, not, not, you know, extraordinary festivals. But we have Ratyatra, Janmashtami and many other festivals. If you want to know what to follow and what not to follow, you can get our calendar, you know, um, and you can you can see all the dates. If you're in Singapore. If you're in any other part, then you contact our ISKM devotees there. They, will, they should be able to help you. Otherwise, download this app called Vaishnava Calendar. If you have an Android phone, there's this app called Vaishnava Calendar. You can just um, download that app. It will notify you on all our festivals. It has many extra festivals also, but we follow some of them. If we have the wherewithal, then we will try to, you know, observe all the other festivals. But yeah, major ones, the main ones, we we always follow. The others are extra. All right. Next, devotees also commit sins in their life. So will Yamadut, this is Virendra's fourth question, which I'm not actually obliged to answer because three questions limit is there. But you know, I sometimes like to break that rule. Last question, well, that's the end of the session. Um, devotees also commit sins in their life. So will Yamadutas take them to hell? While chanting and their guru will not save devotees from hell? If they are persistently committing sinful activities, then they are not devotees, you know. So, they, they deserve to go to hell and get some taste of it and then, then they will learn their lesson. So, Krishna, he will... Uh, it is said, actually Prabhupada said, they don't go to hell. They get a human form again at least. Uh, but you never know, if one is a Guru Drohi, if somebody goes against the order of the Guru, like some of these con chiefs have done, then they are going to have some serious repercussions. Then, of course, they will continue back again, their devotional lives, but they will have to suffer a stalling of their spiritual lives and it will be quite painful, definitely, because they have to learn their lessons. So, I do not know how exactly Krishna would deal with them, but it's definitely not going to be very nice. I think, Ishopanishad uh, Mantra 12, Purport, you you can see. By a false display of religious religious sentiments, they present a show. Sorry. By a false display of religious sentiments, they present a show of devotional service while indulging in all sorts of immoral activities. In this way, they pass as spiritual masters and devotees of God. Such violators of religious principles have no respect for the authoritative acharyas, the holy teachers, and the strict disciplic succession. They ignore the Vedic injunction Acharya Pasana. One must worship the Acharya. And Krishna's statement in the Bhagavad Gita, Evam Parampara Praptam, the supreme science of God is received through the disciplic succession. 
instead to mislead the uh, mislead the people in general they themselves become so called acharyas but they even do not even follow the principles of the acharyas these rogues are the most dangerous elements in human society because there is no religious government they escape punishment by the law of the state they cannot however escape the law of the supreme who who has clearly declared in the bhagavad gita that envious demons in the garb of religious propagandists shall be thrown into the darkest regions of hell Sri Ishopanishad confirms that these pseudo religionists are heading toward the most obnoxious place in the universe after the completion of the spiritual master business which they conduct simply for sense gratification. That uh, doesn't sound very well. So So we should be careful. No. Yeah. Again exactly how that takes place and how they will rectify it I don't know but the destination the immediate next destination next destination is not going to be very conducive. it's going to be quite a punishment so we have to be careful with our spiritual lives all right i think that's the end of the session thank you very much for joining and uh, having patience in you know sitting throughout i hope you have sat throughout how many of you are here eight okay we have single digits <laughs> okay so thank you very much shila prabhupad ki jai anandakodi vaishnav vrind ki jai nitai gaur premanand hari hari bol hare krishna